Welcome to Can I Kick It? This is a podcast about film festivals. My name is Jesse Weber, and I'm joined by Andy Germuga. Number one mission to Mars, Stan Cullen Ashley. <laughs> Emilio Diaz. All right. Uh, so today we are uh, celebrating the return of the Can Blockbusters uh, jury. Summer's over, over, so we're yep. saying goodbye with yep. another summer blockbuster episode. And uh, joining us as our uh, special guest president from the uh, Blank Check Pod, Griffin Newman. Uh, hello, gentlemen. Uh, thank you uh, so much for this great honor. I'm, I'm just looking over the list right now, and something is striking me yeah. that I hadn't thought about up until now. Are, is this list exclusively 2000s can blockbusters that premiered outside of competition? Because yes, I'm yes. looking at this oh, list and I'm going, where are them Shreks at? Yes, yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. They left out with exclusively outside of competition. Okay. Yeah. The Shreks had their shot. Because I, is, I is just. Our look, obviously, this isn't going to be a Shrek episode. I understand the parameters <laughs> you're setting. But I do think it needs to be remembered and attention must be paid that Shrek yes. and Shrek 2 were both in right. competition at Absolutely. Com- Never no. forget. Yeah. I mean, someday we'll do our Shrek extravaganza. Sure. <laughs> I remember people thinking that Shrek one was a spoiler to win. <laughs> truly, truly, God, I remember people on the ground saying like, "Shrek kind of blew the doors off." There's a chance it wins. Griffin, they were being subversive about what Disney usually did. There was no. People- there was no world without it existed gourds. before. They couldn't believe <laughs> the sounds coming out of this ogre, and not just his mouth. <laughs> I mean, honestly, he was farting too. A, ga- I think, a, gas- a gassy creature. Yes. The toilet humor was really a handicap for the can carries those years. Yeah, I mean, that was you know, I've heard about the con film festival, but the Shrek on the can film festival. I, don't know. I mean, honestly, I don't know. There's a question. There's a question just for Jesse, but is Shrek a better movie than The Piano Teacher, which won the Grand Prix that year? Jesse is not uh, unbiased in this regard. Uh, I I will guess Shrek is better based on having wow. seen Shrek 15 years ago and The Piano Teacher wow. never. Uh, Griffin, uh, you might not be familiar, but uh, Jesse hates Michael Hanukkah with a passion. Gotcha, gotcha. Yes. You, it, Michael Hanukkah is kind of uh, uh, your Lord Farquaad. Exactly. Yes, absolutely. Um, How tall is Michael Hanukkah? Anyone, anyone I think uh, numbers on him? three foot two, like same height as Farquaad. Yeah, I think far foot quad. <laughs> <laughs> I'm delirious. I barely slept. This is the level of joke that's going to be coming out of me. Far foot quad. That's how. That's the wavelength my brain is on right now. That's that's what we need. It, you I hit guess color so. right in the ribs. I know. I guess we're done. <laughs> I'm just. This is, uh... I'm fascinated. I, I mean, I, I you sent me this list weeks ago, and I looked over it, but now I'm just really kind of like engaging with it for the first time. It is kind of fascinating yeah. that it's like Katzenberg got those two Shreks in competition, he, yeah. but then he also just sort of got himself like 
Right. He got so many DreamWorks movies out of competition. And beyond yes. that, when they had a fall release, they would almost always launch it at con. Like, that would obviously be yeah. more on the oh, film wow. market side of things. But I remember them doing, like, shark tail stunts. And, like, there would always yeah. be the, like, the whole cast is there. They're screening footage for the first time. You'd yeah. always see the pictures of them with the people in the costumes on the quasette. I mean, my background right yeah. now is Jack Black standing on the pier with, like, 80 costumed pose. <laughs> he was right. always yeah. doing shit yeah. like that. And Khan, like, as opposed to, I feel like, this division. I'm sorry if this is already a sidebar, but I think there's so much no, DreamWorks please. in this <laughs> episode that we're yeah. we've set out for us mm -hmm. today. It's sort of we're important to mention yeah. how DreamWorks kind of fucked with the Khan ecosystem for this decade. <laughs> yeah. Well, because, yeah. B-movie. We, we had done that. We had B we did movie, the right? Didn't Jerry Seinfeld like right. fly onto the red carpet or some shit? In like a B yeah. costume, he like, had a B yeah. costume. Yeah, T.J. Yeah. Um, you know, Miller couple, style. Yeah, a couple of weeks ago, we covered the episodes of Entourage that were at yeah. Cannes, and there were there's a lot of B movie yes, stuff. Yeah, I I just I feel like there had always been this sort of separation. And look, I'm 31 years old. I've been to Con one time as a fucking intern in an office. <laughs> it's not like I'm some expert here, but I certainly was a kid who was like reading about Con and thought it was like this exciting, glamorous thing. And it always mm -hmm. felt to me like, oh, there's this understanding that there's this very prestigious film festival, and then there's this kind of like trashy film market that's a free-for-all. Right. But it always seemed yeah. like mm -hmm. in the coverage of those things that the two were very much divided, that there wasn't any mm -hmm. confusion right. as to like, you know, what like Thierry Fimou would be approving of <laughs> and what was happening like in the basement. And then I feel like the right. DreamWorks animation stuff, everything starts to get muddled. And it feels like the, the Khan is approving B-movie getting a promotional opportunity six months before it releases. Like, it felt like Khan just sort of, like, like many things. The way that Jeffrey Kanzenberg, like, ruined 3D. Like, DreamWorks animation uh -huh. would just constantly take anything that was kind of working and run it into the ground until it was sullied. Right. <laughs> Yeah, well, and yeah, I mean, so yeah, we did the 2010s uh, with your podcasting co-host David Sims at the beginning of the summer, and so we, yeah, we, so we have basically now touched on every major DreamWorks franchise, I think, right? Because that, that lineup, th that Katzenberg run, was it that. right, like kind of ends with Trolls, right? That's like the last one before DreamWorks gets bought by Universal and he kind of leaves and starts quibbying. Right. Trolls, I know they Sorry. definitely did a big promotional thing, but right, okay. So the, the first dragon, mm -hmm. how many of the dragons were at Con? We did the we did the, the second, second dragon. dragon. Okay, right. Okay. Um, and what else think... was it? It was and Madagascar three. Yes. Right, Madagascar three. Well, was the other one. Uh, 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 Europe's most wanted. Yeah, I was gonna say a yeah, on film de Noah Bombach. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a good movie. Yeah, and nobody has anything to say to the you contrary. Know, I've never market. seen it. I've heard that from so many people. I I just like, I find the first two so annoying that it's hard sure. for me to pull the trigger on that third one, even though I probably will like it a lot. Yeah. I'm not I'm not gonna say the third one isn't annoying, but you know, <laughs> there's some stuff around the edges. Yeah, yeah. it seems interesting. I mean, yeah, yeah. it's got Francis um, McDormand. Yeah, Francis McDormand as like a. 
uh, French uh, cop who will stop at nothing to arrest the Madagascar and, gang. like, Martin Short and Jessica like Chastain. Like, I, yeah, Martin Short's pretty locked yeah, I like everything I've sort of seen around it, but I was just like, I can't, yeah. I can't do it. There's also, I should yeah. just flip my cards over, but I'm such a Pixar devotee, and even though the shine is off right. of mm-hmm. Pixar at this point to some degree and they're no longer, like, impeccable, um, I, I do still have this sort of baked in, like, Pixar are the Yankees and uh, uh, DreamWorks are the DreamWorks, Mets, you yeah. know? And sure. and I could, mm-hmm. look, I don't care about sports. I could flip that. It's the idea of, like, the two teams are, like, yeah. are close together, and I feel very defensive right. about it. To right. a degree where I even feel like I've often resisted Dragons, which I know is objectively a good franchise. But for yeah. me, I'm like, mm-hmm. Dragons is like Brave level. And I, everyone I talk to is like, <laughs> you're demented. That's not true. Right. Yeah, no. And yeah. I'm like, it's like, it's good for DreamWorks. Like, I always <laughs> feel like I have right. to put it's, qualifiers. They cannot escape the asterisks. Right. And a lot of that, asterisks. I think, is I, I judge their films based on all the crappy things that I think Katzenberg did that devalued american sure. cinema animation like all these things that have less yeah. to do with the movies themselves and more to do with having 80 guys dressed up like poe at the Cannes film festival yeah, yeah sure yeah i and mean to, uh, to, to to do a quick dreamworks transition mm-hmm. so you've mentioned you were at Cannes once i believe we're familiar with the story that you were at the can that crystal skull yes 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 that was the one i was interning for uh uh why am i forgetting the name now relativity studios which uh has since gone uh up in flames uh, a lot of uh legal embroilment um and was weird money and I, i i mean it it was one of those situations where i was like there but for the grace of god was I not an intern at the Weinstein Company? Do you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, yeah. I, nothing uh-huh. bad happened adjacent to me, but there was a lot of stuff that started to feel a little bit gamey. Right. Where I'm like, thank God that was the situation I was in and not something where I was forever tainted by, like, being yeah. a, a 19-year-old. I think I was 19. I just, I was a year yeah. out of dropping mm-hmm. out of college, and I had mm-hmm. mutual friends... I, it was like my brother's friend's mom was was the spiritual advisor to Ryan Kavanaugh, the head of Relativity. And so he said, you can work in our office, which is there's the one hotel that all the studios that are trying to make deals rent rooms in, the, the cap. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I was in that hotel room, and my main responsibility was um, – they were having a big party and I had to like collate the list for the parties. I had to copy paste all the different documents into that list. And then I don't know if I'm jumping on what you were going to say to introduce me, uh, not introduce me, but to set the stage for this. But my main thing ended up being that they realized I, I had such a weird computer brain of all these people that they ended up having me work the door at this party because I was the only one who could visually identify everyone on the <laughs> <Right>. list. <laughs> because it wasn't just actors, it was a lot of like filmmakers and producers and stuff yeah, like sure. that. So it right. was like me and two like six foot 10 French bodyguards who didn't speak English. <laughs> and I was the guy who was giving them like we oui or no, <laughs> like thumbs up, thumbs down. <laughs> but I was like 19 years old. I probably had like a shitty... 
I was going to say ill-fitting suit. I was probably still wearing the suit that I had worn through the bar mitzvah circuit. And I was the one giving the thumbs up to, like, Jim Sheridan. It was a very bizarre experience. What, what power? I know. What but it, it was the Crystal Skull year. Yeah. And I remember mm-hmm. being at the hotel room uh, in the offices. We could always hear, because that hotel's right across mm-hmm. from where the big... Uh, Palais is the theater mm-hmm. hearing the announcements every night when there was a gala premiere and it just seemed yeah. like I remember sitting in that room looking out the window hearing them announce like our scene Ford and then like people yeah. going ecstatic <laughs> and I was just like 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 the kid like leaning on my hands looking at the right. window and I was like god I bet that movie's a masterpiece everyone's in there getting to see it <laughs> yeah you heard the crowd all go mutt mutt yeah, mutt yeah. mutt <laughs> so close yet so far but that was the year I was there I snuck into a good amount yeah. of movies I was gonna say okay. yeah did you you probably saw some stuff I saw maybe. Wendy and Lucy I somehow got into the Wendy and Lucy premiere wow. which was a cool one to be mm-hmm. at. I mostly went to press screenings. I saw Changeling. I saw... Yeah. Ugh, what was this movie called? Uh, o. Horton? Have any of you guys seen that movie? Oh, That's no. like a low-key yeah. like foreign festival charmer that I feel like maybe didn't get a foreign nomination but was the nominee that year. A movie I completely forgot about until this very moment but is just super yeah. <laughs> charming. Um... And then I saw, like, a couple of the worst movies I've ever seen in my life. Like, things that were at sure. the um, uh, 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 Director's like Four Critics right? Week? Yes, yeah. yes. Oh, yeah. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Those are the three big ones I remember seeing, though. Oh, Horton, sure. Changeling, uh, and Wendy and Lucy. And Wendy, Wendy and Lucy was the yeah. one that felt like a home run that I'd gotten into. And yeah. that was so goddamn good. Yeah. And I went to some of, I feel like I would go to like some of the press conference things or whatever. I was just sneaking sure. around. I was being a real sneaky boy. I was trying yeah. to see whatever I could see. Yeah. Now, have you have you mm-hmm. been to like a lot of other film festivals in general? Like have you? I, no, I meant, not like, really. Yeah, I mean, no, really. I, and certainly mm-hmm. like something like that where it's like I'm traveling somewhere. Yeah. And right. I'm like, like right. living the festival life. That has not happened often for me. I mean, I have a very unprestigious film career. Uh, sure. I I the uh, uh, incredibly aggressively perfunctory teen movie I was in, Beware the Gonzo, weirdly oh, played yeah. at the Warsaw Film Festival, and sure. everyone else involved with the movie was uh, their career was going much better. So I was sent as the one representative, and I had mono. <laughs> I had moved back in with my oh, parents. No! My life had fallen to pieces, and I had severe mono and was essentially bedridden for, like, five months living with my parents again. And then they sent me the email, and they were like, is there any chance you would be willing to take, like, a first-class plane ticket and a a good hotel room to be the one representative of our movie in Warsaw? And I was like, absolutely, I need to get out of the house. So I had mono, and I was in Warsaw by myself. Uh, That was a weird experience. Um, but did you have to like do a Q and A? Absolutely, with a translator. It was so oh weird, God. and it was in a huge screening <laughs> room, a, and there were ten people in the theater, maybe. Oh my yeah, God. it was so <laughs> so bizarre. And like, I'm yeah. I'm more Polish than anything else, and sure. it was one of those mm-hmm. things mm-hmm. that didn't hit me until I landed there. And I was like, 
oh, this is my motherland? Like, it's not a place that we <laughs> right. talk about culturally at all in my family. Right. Mm-hmm. But you add it up, yeah. and it's like, I'm like 60% Polish. And I was like, oh, this is like the city where my people were slaughtered. Like, it suddenly was, like, very profound. But I just walked around by myself contemplating my family tree and eating pierogies and then did two poorly attended <laughs> nice. Q&As. Uh, I feel like that's, that's the second most extreme film festival experience I've had. And other than that, it's mostly shit like Tribeca, you know? Right. Or, yeah, like, yeah. New York, going yeah. to screenings at the New York Film Festival. Like, things where I'm not, mm-hmm. like, right. living the festival life. I mean, you guys have all done Toronto now. Yes. Right. Yeah. yeah. Some of us twice. Yeah, and I like I'm very jealous. I would love to do that. I love Toronto as a city. I'd love to go to Cannes again. I I will admit in a sort mm-hmm. of silly way, there was the moment in that hotel room hearing everyone announce the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. The three of us <laughs> uh-huh. working in the office, all the higher ups had left, and it was the three of us who were all like assistants or interns. And one guy mm-hmm. was like, "I'm an aspiring director, aspiring actress." And I think at that mm. time, I don't know what I was identifying as. I was maybe saying, like, I'm sure. a writer. Uh, yeah. But there was a moment where we were all looking out the window while we were, like, fucking collating this party list, listening to them announce all the movie stars at Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. And and uh, one of us just went, the next time we're here, they're going to be announcing our names. Like, it was this yeah, moment of, of just, of like, course. not even hubris, but we all were just, like, like bloodshot eyes, you know, right. like so beaten down, <laughs> right. and we were just like, and th- I have to believe this for this. I to be have worth to it. believe <laughs> the next time I come, it's going to be on my terms. And there's this stupid part of me that's like, I don't want to go to Toronto until I'm invited. Until you're. Yeah. yeah. Now this sure. year, the plan was we were going to try to like do blank check live at Toronto. Like I was trying okay. to like. Uh. We should do more live shows. David hates traveling. Right. Mm-hmm. Let's take advantage right. of the times he of does when travel, he is going to travel yeah. which is for yeah. festivals right. and build shows around that. And I was excited about that this year, like going to some festivals, sort of yeah. following David so we could do shows there. But then the world ended. Uh, so, yeah, outside right. of that yeah. can experience is still like the most sort of all encompassing sure. festival experience I've ever had. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I was gonna say like we what did we did the entire 2010 slate of blockbusters and draft day totally seems like the type of shit that they would just bring. Right. I mean, yeah, they like we love the Kevin Costner. I know, but a it's the least European movie ever made. It it I mean it truly I think it truly (laughs) was only released in two other countries. You look at the box office and it's literally like. 29 million domestic 1 million overseas like they just didn't even attempt to release it in other places (laughs) and it also was April like it was right before the festival and usually if there's a can premiere for a movie that's already come out it's like a Coen Brothers movie yeah yes or Bad Santa right (laughs) Um, (laughs) yes as we're about to talk about rarefied air (laughs) Yeah. So, so Jesse, do you want to get explain the rules once more so we can? Yeah. yeah so, so now that I've done we, so much as... table setting of my own personal experience, <laughs> it's and beautiful. None beautiful. of the structure yeah. of this podcast. I'm gonna say it's, it's uh, <laughs> you have carp lunch to say anything after Farfoot Quad. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> Farfoot Quad is my blank check. It's my guarantor. Yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. All right. So we give out. 
uh, seven awards. The Palm, the Grand Prix, and the Jury Prize go to movies, and then there's Best Director, Best Actor and Actress, Best Screenplay. Uh, Each movie can win only one award, with the exception being that you if you win an acting award you can also win screenplay or the jury prize and then there can be one tie but it has to be in one of those categories in acting uh screenplay or jury but also uh Terry Fremo has been known to let juries uh not Bend quite follows. Yes. Yes. And I'm a wild man. The one that sticks out yes. to me is that uh, I know there was a director tie in 2016, which is technically not allowed yes. between uh, Christian Munju and Olivier Assayas. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then I'll, I'll, the other thing is like best actor or best mm. actress. It's no problem if you want to award many people from the same movie. Right. There's yeah. that. Like thing. if you want to okay. do like yes. two or a three hand people or from. Yeah. And we also. From, All 13 of the oceans. Could or, also. Yeah kind of give an acting award to a supporting performance, right? I feel like they've 100%. done that. Yes. Yeah. There's, right. yeah. Like, Irma, the, yeah, there's like, no... Like, didn't Irma P. Rules. Hall win Best Actress, or did they give her a special, like, commendation? I remember Lady Killers right. winning right. an acting award, and I can't remember if they mm-hmm. just gave her Best Actress, or it was one of those things, like... Because Jungle Fever, I think, is the other big right. example, where they yes. were like, this yeah, is yeah, our yeah. first ever Best Supporting Award. Right, because we have no choice but to stand. Um, uh, it was awarded the jury prize specifically for her performance. Wow, so it was just like a sort of special. That's interesting. Yeah. I mean, a, yeah. a great. Right, yeah, that's the other thing is you can kind of just like make up an award if you want to. Oh, like, trust uh, me, I, will. I remember, I remember Kate Blanchett's jury just being like, "We've got to give Goddard some kind of award," and just being like, "It wins the special Paul." It wins award. the. He's still doing it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Because they still breathing. Like the official jury prize, I guess, went to a pitch upon where Seth Cole's Tropical Malady. Right. And then Rippy Hall for her performance as well. That's so wild. Um. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there are rules, but also they can be broken. Right. Yeah. And then, um, do we want me to run down the list of movies? Uh. Yeah. yeah. Go for it, real quick. Just God, what a list. I'm just. I'm still just marveling at this list. Ladies and gentlemen, brace yeah, yourselves. I, I just want to say quickly list. that I originally that sent Griffin a list that was slightly better because it had stuff like, uh, I think, Death Proof and uh, Kill Bill was on there. Cr- cr- mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it was yeah, it was Kill Bill and Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. But then we decided those movies are sort of too good to be included. Yeah, yes, <laughs> yes. I believe we also worth. cut out uh, the Imaginarium of Doctor Parnassus. Also, did not make the cut. You guys don't consider yes. that movie to yes. be a blockbuster? Okay, let's <laughs> let's go over this list. All right, so here is the list. We have Sam Raimi's Drag Me to Hell, Pete Doctor and co-director Bob Peterson's Up, mm-hmm. Steven Spielberg's Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, Mark Osborne and John Stevenson's Kung Fu Panda, Skadoosh. Steven Soderbergh's Oceans 13, Hell yeah. Ron Howard's The Okay, wait, can I try to pull who directed Over the Hedge? Please, Please do. Absolutely. I have them ready. Is Kerry Kirkpatrick one of the two directors? He sure yeah. is. Oh boy. Okay. And now's the tough now's one. Now's the tough one. Uh, it's a very generic name. It's not Kelly Asbury, right? Because Kelly Asbury does Spear. No. Kelly. Yeah. Yes. Kelly yes. Asbury coming up later. I'm trying to think of like DreamWorks <laughs> in-house people. I don't think I can name the other one. Tim Johnson. Oh uh, yeah. Fuck that. I was never gonna get that. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, Brett Ratner's X-Men The Last mm. Stand. Hmm. Uh, Shane Black's Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. Uh, George Lucas's Star Wars Episode Two: Attack of the Clones. Terry Zwigoff's Bad Santa. Zack Snyder's Dawn of the Dead. Lana and Lily Wachowski's The Matrix Reloaded. Hell yeah. Kelly Asbury and Lorna Cook's Spirit, Stallion of the Cimarron. George Lucas's Star Wars, Episode 3, Revenge of the Sith. And Brian De Palma's Mission to Mars. Hell yes. Now, I, I don't know what you guys usually do, but can I institute a rule for this episode? Now that you've Uh-oh. clearly listed all the movies and who directed them, can we commit yes. to, for the rest of this episode, doing the pretentious film festival thing where you only refer to movies as the and then the director's last name? Yes, absolutely. Yes. Okay. <laughs> sure. so we're talking about uh, the yes. Raimi, the Doctor, the Spielberg, the Osborne, right. the Soderbergh, the, the Johnson Howard. Kirkpatrick. Exactly. The Ratner. <laughs> now, how do we break down? There's two Lucases. Uh, right. episode one, episode two, Lucas and episode and the three. Later yeah, yeah. Right. Okay, sure. Yeah, there we yeah. go. Perfect. Uh, uh, so, Lu- uh, Lucas du and Lucas Trois. That's what we're gonna call them. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, the so, uh, uh, Griffin, as our yeah. president, do you have a proposal for where we should start with a perhaps an award category and a movie, or just an award category? Yeah, I mean, there's one on this list that jumps out to me immediately, and I I was sort of coincidentally just talking about this the other day with someone, and I just feel like doubling down <laughs> and and really throwing this award out as a statement i think we start with best screenplay okay and i'll just say for me best screenplay from this list is a slam dunk james gunn for dawn of the dead i agree yes i was gonna push for that i mean there are other contenders here like you could argue kiss kiss bang bang you could argue there's some other good a couple other scripts on this list but I have those movies in my brother awards, and I think what I like about Dawn of the Dead is that it has a pretty tight screenplay. It is dramatically exciting and knows what to do with that sort of story. And it is a classic. This movie should not exist. Like, on its face, why (laughs) remake Dawn of the Dead? What is there left to be said? It is a very impressive remake in terms of, like, not working against what the original did well, but actually mining entirely new territory that builds upon it and feels like it stands on its own as its own interesting film. Yeah, yeah. and it's mm-hmm. like, and it also is like impressive tonally, I would say, in a way that sometimes other James Gunn stuff doesn't do it for me, where it tried to do like, ah, oh, this is funny and this is like too violent and this is like doing a little thing. It, like, manages to, like, be exciting on multiple fronts and work on multiple fronts and still work as a coherent, dramatic film. I I don't want to take too much from, like, I don't like Zack Snyder generally, but I think he does a good job directing it. I do not want to take that away from him. I'll say that. But I think the script is good. Yes, but I think, I look, I think it's his best film far and away. And I think he does an entirely excellent job on that movie. Zack Snyder, in general, I don't hate the guy. Not quite my tempo, right? Just, like, <laughs> fundamentally mm-hmm. not my vibe. But this movie shows me sort of how skilled he is just as a director versus as, like, an auteur, you know? And I feel like every movie after this becomes a Zack Snyder film. And this is the one that's, like, Mm -hmm. a film by Zack Snyder. And if you're looking at him as just, like, 
a shooter. I don't mean this in a reductive way, but like give someone a great script, give them a great cast, what can they do with the materials? This film makes the argument that he, in another timeline, almost could have been like a, 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 an even more sort of high-level Jamie Colette Sarah or something, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, there's yeah. a lack of pretension to this movie, too, that for me actually makes it the most sophisticated and mature of all of his movies <laughs> because it isn't worried with that sort of like posturing that I feel like the rest of his movies are burdened with the like I want to show you that this isn't a baby book movie um, yeah, I, I right. feel like this movie has like naturalistic human relationships I think all the performances are really good mm-hmm. I think it's really uh, stylish uh, I, I think it, it has really well maintained like tension and humor uh, yeah. and Gunn's script is the different denominator from the rest of his work, <laughs> you know? Uh, yeah. Like, yeah, I mean, he, he had the voice and it shines through. Totally. And, and to your uh, point, Emilio, I also think I'm a big Gunn fan in general. I like the maximalism of his films. I like that he's a guy who now gets to do whatever he wants. But it is that sort of beauty of collaboration where you're watching this and it's like, it's interesting when you have someone with a very different sensibility tackle his script. And you watch this movie and you're mm-hmm. like, this isn't a movie that James Gunn could have directed and this isn't a movie that Zack Snyder could have written. It's only a byproduct of these two very different people working together on something, creating a very unique uh, mixture. But I think especially because yeah. fundamentally remaking Dawn of the Dead seemed like a bad idea. Everyone was against it when it was announced and the script is so strong you you kind of have to give it the nod in my eyes for for best screenplay. Yeah. That's where it's I'll starts. say there's nothing uh really else that comes out to me super hard for screenplay and like uh I'm not super huge on Dawn of the Dead but there's like the things I like about it sort of probably fall more into the screenplay and like there's like the segment I've mentioned that off podcast but where they do the montage set to this Richard Cheese cover of Down With The Sickness. And it's like, you can obviously tell that's like a James Gunn thing. It's like, he loves his music and like that sort of mm-hmm. comedy infused with it, I think is like very good vibe for the movie. And it works like against all odds, like you're saying. This is like a hallelujah montage, you know? Like I don't, I do want to like <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. bag on the same things <laughs> no. that people are going after. But there is like a right. wit to Dawn of the Dead. That not only is on the page with what Gunn's doing, but Snyder, like, picks up on and plays properly. Yeah. I mean, yeah. yeah it's and, like, and, I, like, I, I, I had the thought of, like, it's a Zack Snyder movie with, like, jokes. Actual jokes. Yeah, like. it's like, it looks <laughs> good. Yeah. Like, it's got the sort think, of, yeah. like. There's, like, know, a lot of clever conceits. I think, you know, the 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 holding up the messages oh, to the gun so store across yeah, yeah. the way is, like, yeah. really Plain well chess. handled. Um, you know, it really does invest a lot in like the mall as a setting, yeah. uh, and I think that's really good. Um, I'm not, I'm very unversed in zombie movies. Like, I think I have only seen Shaun of the Dead. Otherwise, like, I, I do not. You get the like, two that are not my thing. 
Um, I feel like but, those are yeah. like one and two on the list is Shaun of the Dead sure. and Dawn of the Dead remake. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, so, but uh, yeah, I think, you know, it really does. It does establish those characters. You do, you know, it's going to do the thing that like all these types of movies do where like people get picked off and like you care mm-hmm. about them in varying amounts and stuff. And there's different right. groups that interact and they have like, like it hits all the beats that like you are brought up to expect yeah. even as a person who doesn't yeah. like love and, the genre. And I think but, in um, a way that like, is hard to do outside of something like Shaun of the Dead, which is satirical. I think it's a movie that actually succeeds in making you get invested in those characters and not wanting to see them die, which I feel like so many horror films, especially zombie films, the trope is, I know they're going to be picked off one by one. I'm not going to let myself get close. And and the Dawn of the Dead script is disarming in that way. The characters actually feel human their responses to the situation feel uh, psychologically grounded and and they're funny it's like the thing guns really good at which is using humor to disarm our resistance to certain genre tropes and then you have that coda at the end where they all die anyway amazing. yeah right. amazing yeah. anyway that's that's my um, screen play pack that's it yeah i mean i have no major objection to that i had sort of penciled in maybe Polly as like a big consideration for best actress which mm. uh, I think she's really good in it and like that is a movie like that has like a clear female lead which is sometimes lack not as much in this slate but is sometimes yeah. lacking in these sort of slates that we're dealing mm-hmm. with last uh, time we did this we had like no actress choices and I feel yeah, like this, this time, time there's like a, a few, few that yeah which is like well let's know, say th- this is job. a pretty male driven lineup we're looking at yes, yes. oh absolutely. yes yes yes, yes. Um, it reflects the, the, the greater problems within yeah. Hollywood, uh, certainly. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, I think Polly is like, is really tremendous in that movie. And so that was, that was sort of where I had penciled in, like, maybe we'll do Dawn of the Dead there. Um, but I think screenplay is like also like the other area where I think it's like worthy of consideration. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because I think if we now want to like soft pencil that in, we'll come back to it later. And we want to transition to another conversation. We can have the actress conversation. Yeah. which is hard because it's like Polly which we're looking at for screenplay we all we've all off the podcast despite how we like Allison Lohman and in Dragon Dragon Hell. Yeah. Hell but that might get higher yeah, consideration so it's that, tough I feel like so it's tough well so what, last time we other? did this uh, we had Fury Road on the like lineup yeah, slam dunk and the rest of us uh, there was like oh well this is obviously the palm and Andy is less into that movie than the rest of us were at that time, and was I just really stumping for an open mind and consider something. <laughs> was really stumping for BFG, um, yes. and then F- so the other <laughs> G. There we go. He's a and, <laughs> he cannot. <laughs> um, and then the thing of like you know sort of uh, last time we had Sims on very public letterbox presence mm-hmm. we can see what he thinks of these movies and like play to that a little bit and you are a bit of an enigma in that regard because so we're all sort of like of wondering Sims is very visible right. letterbox <laughs> yes <laughs> yeah. um uh, sure i think th- three of us really love matrix reloaded yeah and andy yes. is not very into it and then you are sort of uh, you know, right. not so. The, yeah, uh, you very famously book. were not as into the Matrix Reloaded at the moment you co- before you covered it on right. your podcast, and then that episode is v- kind of famous among fans for David presenting basically one sentence that like got you I more know. on board. It was the it was literally um, the turnkey. I mean, look, I certainly I I fully respect and appreciate the movie now, 
I like it. I don't love it. My yeah. wild opinion yeah. is I, I now prefer Revolutions, which I know wow. I, I think I came to by the end of that miniseries, but I stand by that. Revolutions is the one that I'm surprised has sort of increased for me. So you're looking at The Matrix Reloaded as my least favorite of the three, and that makes uh-huh, it right. hard in a way for me to consider it for awards in a major level, yes. even yeah, though this is, where <laughs> this is the only Wachowski film that ever played Khan in any capacity, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. yeah. There's like a similar problem surrounding that with Ocean 13, which is like... Right, like, uh, I mean, Soderbergh yes. at least had like sex lies and videotapes at the beginning of his career. Right. But something like this, I'm like... Right. Do I throw Matrix Reloaded some kind of award in like a Jarmusch Broken Flowers kind of way where it's like have to respect the career, have to correct for past mistakes, and it sort of represents the Matrix trilogy as a whole, which I've come to like respect. But as an individual film, it's certainly the one I'm least into. Right. So, okay. I mean, I I will say my piece sort of. I feel like. Yeah. Right. Wow. That's interesting. Yeah. I really bristle against the Matrix in general. Mm. Like, the first Matrix, I have a very hard time with. Uh, Gotta I, get red pill. The, the aesthetic. Gotta get red pill, Andy. Yeah. That's exactly. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, it's brought so many great things to the yeah. culture, right? Like, I'm. Just... Um, uh, not, I, don't, I will not hold that against it. But um, yeah. uh, I find, like, the aesthetics of it, like, do not mesh with my aesthetic values uh-huh. at all so like i have a hard time with that rain. with yes yeah. <laughs> um and the and uh and uh, uh armless sunglasses are oh, just the worst yeah. thing i've ever seen um uh, coming back the, into fashion <laughs> um uh, the matrix reloaded is my favorite of the trilogy but it's like not that's still it's still not doing that much like i think i like a bunch of the scenes where there are like a couple of people talking about philosophy mm-hmm. or whatever. I don't like all of them, but I like a couple of them. Uh, and, like, that's sort of what lands for me best. Matrix Reloaded, the main thing, I was, like, the the Neo-Trinity romance, like, does not register for me, really, at I would all. agree with that. And the movie kind of turns on that, uh, which I feel like is, like, a pretty fundamental flaw, because, like, it's supposed to be, like, the big twist is that, like, Neo is in love with Trinity instead of humanity or whatever. Yeah. And I don't think they're... They have, like, that one love scene early on, and otherwise their relationship does not register for me. No, I don't... And so that's like want to hold that against her, but it also means you can't take this seriously as a best actress candidate, and and not to be well, the guy uh, trying to keep the show focused. But I'm just looking at this list again, and it's like you have Allison Lohman, you have Sarah Polly, you have Connie Nielsen. As far as I'm concerned, I feel like those are the only three really viable well, candidates we have. Uh, debate me. You get uh, Monahan and Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. I think is pretty good. Oh, interesting. Yeah, hmm. I would and also maybe throw out Blanchett in Christmas. Yeah, you know what? This, this is this is the issue of me forgetting that we don't have a supporting category that that would get bumped in yeah. here. The, these are both yeah. good points. Okay. Um, we also last time we gave it to a voice performance. We did. Right. I mean, we gave there's it to no... Phyllis Smith last time. Oh, so wait a second. Um, we could give it to Avril Lavigne and Over the Hedge. I mean, look, <laughs> I mean, I might, I might push Wanda that. Sykes if we're going over the hedge direction, but uh, I think we all agree that yeah. Avril was the one who popped in that movie. 
Um, okay, okay. So that opens it up a little bit, but it still is slimmer pickings. I mean, let's no, let's yeah. talk about things that are disqualified immediately. Audrey Tato disqualified. Oh, Jesus. Yes. Truly nothing. Yeah, no. <laughs> She's, I mean, talk about like being the key that the movie hinges on and then not registering right. at all. Jesus right. Christ in that movie. Uh, uh, I hate to say it, but Padme Dole is all disqualified, right? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, this is also, <laughs> I watched the prequels basically for the first time in the lead up and was like kind of into them. Uh, I don't think Portman is like a performance owl sort of stuff for it no. all. Just wanted to get put the cards yes, out on the absolutely. table. absolutely. Look, I defend a great many elements of those movies, and I, there are things she does performance-wise in both those movies that I enjoy. It, she's not a viable candidate here. No, no, no. And Well, yeah, and especially in 3, the movie loses completely. Yeah, that's a... Look, and, she's, just, she's a never going to get the delegates. It's not worth having the conversation because it's impossible. <laughs> it's mathematically impossible. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Um, um, who else is here? I guess, like... I mean, of, yeah. Like Famke Janssen, I don't even know. I mean, right? I mean, yeah. X X three. I think we want to avoid maybe giving X three an award just for all of the things that are associated with yeah. the third X Men movie. Some of us may have refused to watch. Yeah, the even last just stand. general lack of quality. Like even before yeah, you get yeah. to like yes. uh, adjacent sex right. crimes, it's just sort of like yeah. I mean, th- yeah. I will say, yeah, that is the X Men movie that gives Halle Berry the most to do, which I guess is somewhat commendable. But even then, but, it's like not I mean, enough. she yeah. gets a lot of screen yes. time. She isn't actually right. given yeah. much to do as an actress. She's just right. around a yes. lot. And Ocean's Thirteen yes. is the one that kind of punts the female character. It has none of them, right? Yeah. You just have Ellen right. Barkin, uh, yeah. who's Barkin. doing a good job, yeah, yeah, Barkin, but it's yeah, not yeah, a yeah. very rich role. Right. She, she gets real horny at the end. So, interesting. <laughs> Who can relate? Monaghan now feels like the most interesting candidate to me, and it also falls into, mm. I feel like, con acting awards, especially with actresses, either tend to be, like, a discovery or a legend. And I feel like it's rarely mm-hmm. something in the middle. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. And she falls into that right, discovery yes. category of like in, you know, if you remove the context of this being like a studio financed movie, uh it it feels like this could be the kind of performance in an indie film that blew up at the festival and led to her getting a bunch of Hollywood roles. Yeah. 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 I so I mean my hesitation with Monahan is I really love Kilmer in that movie. Yeah, that's the <laughs> Which, thing. He's like my number one actor candidate. Well, and see, I, I was thinking that Downey Jr. was going to be my number one acting candidate, but we've already taken Kiss Kiss Bang off the board for screenwriting. Like, Kiss Kiss Bang... No, we, we penciled in Dawn of the Dead well, for I'm screenwriting. Sa- I'm saying because of that, we've... Oh, we've taken oh, it off. Yes, right, yes, yes, we've oh, sort right. of like... Oh, I see. Punted Right, it, yeah. I mean, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang is in a position where it's like potentially the second pick for four different categories maybe you know right. yeah yes so it's like which one do you strategically place it into cuz it has a little versatility mhm yeah. yes but it's hard to like go ahead sorry. no no what were you going to say I was say like Dawn of the Dead was like a great like pick cuz that's sort of a universal thing you know Polly is in there but the rest of these it is hard to be like what is the like standout like right I, I think we all have different number ones and maybe even like different number twos, but the it's hard to just like look at this list and be like, well, obviously that's like best actor, right? And in the spirit of con, right. you want to spread the love. Like none of us want to pull yeah. a Barton Fink 
here. And I also don't think <laughs> yeah, there right. is a movie that yes. calls for that. There's cert- yeah, certainly none of these are on par with Barton. Right, yes. so there's, well, there's certain strategic decisions we need to make beyond just objective best in each zone. And so the, right. I feel like the Kiss Kiss Bang Bang is really, that's, th- that's the secret ingredient in the larger recipe we're building here, is where do we place mm-hmm. the Kiss Kiss Bang Bang token? Because it has yeah, a right. ripple effect in yes. all other categories. Yes. I Uh, I would maybe like to return in terms of actress to Alison Lohman because I just watched that movie last night and I maybe have some problems with it, but I think she is, I, 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 that is a, that is a case for me where I think she is the obvious standout element of that movie. I I mean, I think it's a great performance and it's very much like an actor vehicle. Like she's really carrying that movie on Mm -hmm. her shoulder. Yeah. It's like all her. Right. And she's asked to do a lot of wild things. Get covered in slime. It does for (sighs) me though, with no disrespect for her. And I'm not saying this is my pick. I'm, I'm talking through my thoughts here. (laughs) That yeah. is a classic. The star of the movie is the director movie for me. That's yeah, was that's my what thought I was as well. Is that like it's such a really, right and like, and part flex. of that. And I'm trying to, I'm questioning whether I need to deprogram my line of thinking on this. But part of that is also the context in which that movie came out. That it was so framed as here's right. Raimi after being in blockbuster zone getting back into the dirt, making a scrappy horror movie, and the fact that it was supposed to be Ellen Page as, like, her first big post-Juno thing. Wow. And then she drops out, and it was seen as kind of a wild thing of, like, oh, Alison Lohman, like, she's been around a lot, but she's not a movie star. You went from someone who was right. just off an Oscar-nominated, uh, like, crossover yeah. mm-hmm. fucking populist hit to now someone who's, like, a respectable maybe third or fourth lead in a lot of movies that did pretty well. It feels like at that point the movie became framed as the star of this movie is Sam Raimi doing horror again. Alison yeah. Lohman is right. like a very dutiful soldier who is executing what he's asked to do, what she's asked to do, but this movie is now being framed as the marketing is Sam Raimi is going to get bloody again. And so it's so right. hard to think of the movie as anything other than this is Sam Raimi's big solo, you know? Right. Even, Loman? even though I do agree with you, Jesse, that it is like, it's a deceptively difficult performance. Yes. She like, she was in like Mad Sick Men before. Yeah, and that was big the big fish one. and White Oleander. And she like hasn't done anything since, basically, right? Right. I looked this up after, after this. Drag Me to Hell. She she marries Neville right. Dean of Neville Dean and Taylor and does like one of his movies and like a couple other. She's cameos. done only Neville Dean Taylor cameos since Drag Me to Hell. I mean, it's like right. this That's is crazy. her biggest role in terms of her being the <laughs> undeniable lead. And then she just disappears. She is. She is the yeah. titular drag. And tell. that's. I mean, yeah. that's the, the other thing. Like, it's the interesting question posed by this show and this framework, which <laughs> is, we are yeah. giving out these awards from the future. You know, it's yes, like the yeah, microbiology thing. Like, I know now. Right. Like, we, it's yeah. hard not to apply it. And so, part of me is like. I want to give Alison Lohman best actress hands down because 
we were taking her for granted. We didn't I mean, realize yeah. we weren't going to mm-hmm. get her again. And this is her right, last right. Rivera performance. And it's like, yeah. really? I'm like, I'm not a huge Raimi guy. Like, I've only seen the Spider-Man when I was like a kid. Uh, she's like great in it. I was like, this movie rules. And she is like on the level of it, playing everything perfectly. It was a really, uh, you I know, know. Yeah. I was talking, like we talked a little bit about uh, when we did the, our last draft that Madagascar three had the Looney Tunes energy. Mm-hmm. Drag me to hell is the movie with the Looney Tunes energy that is on, that is in this slate. And I think like, it's crazy. Like, cause she is kind of playing a cartoon mm-hmm. character at times. She like drops an anvil on like, like it's like, I all mean, this yeah, stuff. <laughs> um, and, uh, but she like, she invests it as a character. And I think what is so interesting about that movie is like how much of it is like, well, she made like one unkind bad choice, right? right? Yeah. Like she's like working right. in this system, she who which is like dehumanizes people all around her and dehumanizes her, and like she has the one woman who's like begging for an extension, and like she gets the okay to make the call, and like that's the only real bad thing she does in the movie. Really, is like takes that little piece of power that she's given and like makes it against helping someone and then she gets all this shit heaped upon her and i think like that is like so difficult to play and like the the way that she is able to carry all that stuff mm-hmm. uh and like make you feel for her as a character uh it, who is like having all this shit heaped up heaped up on her but while also seeing like well she's also she's not like the most privileged person in the world she's had all this shit heaped up on her uh and like that balance i think is so hard is, is so hard to nail and so easy to I lose agree. and i think yeah. she really yeah. nails that yeah it's, it's like she's put upon but she's not like saintly she's not like right. uh, like a like a person in like a white dress who just has to be like saint. yeah and all these poor things are happening to her she's like capable She's like tough. She done. She did a couple of things that maybe weren't on the level that she probably doesn't deserve to get dragged to hell. No, I mean, exactly. yeah. Past guest Sam Herp's letterbox review uh, was very good. I saw you said she literally sold her soul to be the assistant manager at a city bank. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. Uh, crazy and you know, movie. yeah, I guess that is kind of my problem with the movie. Is like I was reading a little bit about it, and it sounds like. It sounds like Raimi kind of did want to frame it as this, like, uh, movie about, like, the horror, like, institutional horrors, and, like, I just, in the end, I'm not sure if I can necessarily take the way it is blaming kind of a pawn in the system for the system sure i i do think you get into i mean and this gets back to why it's such a director's movie is like because he he wrote it as well right it's him and his with his son I believe. his son okay i couldn't i, I know it's him and another Raimi. i couldn't remember if it was a brother or his son yes um it is so much like a a director's experiment and i feel like his script is very much an exercise in him trying to play with audience expectations relative to what horror had become in the time since he moved on from horror you know he is the brother he's the brother okay and so that's the thing it's like i think that script is very smart in terms of understanding that it Mm -hmm. is a blueprint for how to fuck with an audience but i would never Mm -hmm. put it up for a screenplay award 
you know? Yeah. It's a template for him right. to be able to do his tricks as a director. And as a yeah. director, that movie is kind of a haunted house movie where it's not just about how do I build to my big sort of ecstatic sort of gags, but also how do I upend the way audiences have gotten conditioned to a new type of horror movie and sort of simultaneously yeah. turn back the mm -hmm. clock to the 80s and also turn forward the clock past the zone we're in right now. She's like fighting shadows in one segment. Like right. it's a very well, like right. an arguably well-directed. Can I suggest something unconventional? Yeah. All for mm -hmm. it. Can I say, can I suggest that we do not in fact pencil something in for actress and we do what it feels like we're already doing, which is, slowly bleed into some of the other categories because I feel like we're talking about these uh -huh. things that are up for mm -hmm. a couple things. I think we just need to discuss this entire space of the movies that sure. are in the upper echelon, the things that are eligible for those top awards, and then negotiate how we divide yeah. it, right? Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, there's yes. some trickle down because, like, what I was thinking just, like, to sort of, like, take the conversation we were having into the conversation we mm -hmm. want to have, it's, like, <laughs> the reason I would give it to mm -hmm. Loman is because... I think there are a lot of director-focused movies mm -hmm. here, so it's like it doesn't it doesn't feel like we're doing something less than if we give some other movie director, even though Ray yeah. should be in that conversation, very good. Whereas if we put something else in actress, it feels sort of shoehorned. Shoehorned. Okay, yes, so th this is here's here's the structure I want to propose uh, for, for for tackling this. Okay, strategically. Uh, we leave Dawn of the Dead penciled in, if only because yeah. it feels like the movie and the conversation that is furthest away from getting any of the other awards, even though it's well-directed, a good movie overall, and has a good yeah, yeah, performance. Yeah. It just feels like those elements are not yes. perhaps at the same level of conversation, okay? So then I want to just, let's, let's throw out, go around, and for director, actor, and picture and actress throw out the three that are sort of in your consideration, okay? So we know what's on the board. So for me, my conversation would be director is, I'd say, fuck, um, uh, Drag Me to Hell, Mission to Mars, and Up, I wanna say. My actor mm -hmm. would be Thornton uh, Downey Jr., and Gary Sinise. My actress would be Loman Monahan, and you know, I mean, distant Polly. And okay. my picture would be Mission to Mars. Kiss, kiss, bang, bang. Drag me to hell, I guess. I, th I think, I think. That's that's okay. that's what's sort of in my consideration. Yeah. Sure. Do you want me to go next? Go sure. ahead, Cullen. All right. So I think, I mean, just based on like, because I just have like the list in front of me of like how I've ranked them, uh, I would probably go. I mean, Mission to Mars is my favorite movie on the list. I watched it today. I think it's like near a masterpiece. I loved it so much. Mm -hmm. um, so I would probably have that like top like De Palma. You know, Palm. Uh, I think yeah. Uh, Cheadle I think is really great in it uh, Connie Nielsen is like excellent um, and then like two I would have uh, Reloaded as like my second favorite and like director uh, you know 
picture, as it were. And like acting, I think Reeves is so much better in the first one. Yeah. That I don't know. Like, there's other like I would have like uh, Loman right. over her over he's, like he's good, uh, but it's hard to do diminishing returns for an award when you yeah. know there's a better version exactly. of that performance. Yeah. Uh, so that one mostly falls in like you know picture director. And then I would have, you know, Loman actress, Monaghan actress, uh, and, you know, Connie Nielsen. Um, actor would probably be Kilmer, uh, one of the guys from Mission to Mars. I could see, like, anyone from the Oceans movie. I really like that as well. And then my sort of curveball that I know no one will go for is I think McGregor is, like, excellent in Revenge of the Sith. Look, I considered it. Yeah. It's, it's and then also the just... Discussion. This is the list where he would be considered. Well, yeah, I, I mean, from... cards on the table also. I've tweeted it. Jesse's backed me up. Mutt Williams is cool. Shia, I think, is I very like good. I like Williams. I think Shia LaBeouf's good in that movie. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you, I'm, you're going to get no disagreement from me here. Would I give him an acting award? No. But I think Mutt Williams <laughs> is a cool guy. And a yeah, good performance. See, I think it's a good performance. I think yeah. he's a jerk. Yeah. This is He's a big old jerk. Played this well. This would also be like... <laughs> a, a soft pitch for director I think Spielberg That first like I think when you guys did it on your podcast You talked about that first like hour segment basically Before they get to the jungle It's like very great Spielberg directing yeah. And just like smooth Like great stuff um, Yeah De Palma uh, I, I mean yeah like Raimi All the ones we talked about really Okay I can go now Yeah 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 So I say so for like Palm Pre etc my, I think, my dream would be up, hmm. which I was like, I was thought it would be more middle of the pack for me, but then I rewatched it and it like shot up to the top of my list this time around. Um, uh, I would also say, Drag Me to Hell would be in that conversation for me. Maybe Ocean's Thirteen, uh, maybe Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, maybe Crystal Skull. Um, for director, I am sort of feeling Raimi for that one. Um, I think Up would be in that as well for me, uh, and uh, Ocean's Thirteen was also one I thought about for director. Um, for actress, yeah, or, or Ford, I also think is actually good in Crystal Skull, and so he would be my pick for Crystal Skull for actor. Um, for actress, Emilio just literally uh, tugged on his collar. Yeah, and did like a <laughs> I'm, yeah. I'm yeah. certainly not married to it, the idea. Um, I'm not making a uh, joke. The... That's actually what he did involuntarily. Yes. Yes. He tugged his collar. I, be I believe him. Yeah. We, I believe yeah. you. Yes. We, it happens a um, lot, believe it or not. For the listener who might not know, my favorite bit on the podcast is antagonizing both Andy and Colin by doing physical bits that cannot be seen I mean, it's my... the best thing about podcasting, especially once you <laughs> yes. go to Zoom. <laughs> yes. um, actress, I would say, like, yeah, Blanchett, Loman. Uh, and then I think I had Polly, but she's probably out now. Um, uh, and actor, did I say, oh, uh, I think, yeah, Kilmer was my number one for actor, did I say? Uh, and then, um, yeah, and then those other ones. And I think, is that everything? Did I yeah. forget anything? That's sort of where I'm at, yeah. Um, Monaghan, I guess, is on my actress list. Um, uh, oh, and actor... Actually, the the my, the standout for me in Ocean's Thirteen is Damon, who I he's think very is good. Very yeah, he's pretty good. But I mean, I think <laughs> you know it's sort of falls under like the X Men three. I think Casey Affleck is good <laughs> doing his like you know revolution uh, at the dice company. Yeah, that's also a small <laughs> but, role. Uh, 
He is. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. for sure. That's where we give all three of the, uh, all thirteen of the Ocean's guys the award for actor. Look, I mean, what if we just, what if we just give it to Casey Affleck and Scott Con? I mean, look, <laughs> Scott Con walked so Ryan Gosling could run. Colin, I wasn't thinking about that. There is a fun case to be made to giving the split actor award to the Ocean's cast, especially yes. if you think of it as the the award for those guys across three movies. That's interesting. Yeah. And then mm-hmm. it opens up a lot more stuff like that is just actors done. We can give all like the high marks to everything else. Hmm. Right. Something to think about. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I guess. Yeah. Is there any like bad male performance? I mean, no, Bernie Mac is like given the least to do in 13, but he's he like rules. still a fun yeah. presence. Yes. Yeah. I mean, everyone's good in that movie. Andy Garcia, you get a lot of Al Pacino. Mm. He's good. Yeah, Pacino's good. This is that. a actually, real spoiler, wonderful. actually. Now, there's a really... <laughs> hmm. I feel like Pacino's maybe a little... Uh, like, like You think he's outside? Yeah. I, I mean, that's like the famous quote where he's like, it's the bad ones that pay you the Absolutely. most or whatever, yeah. was for Ocean's 13. Right. And he's good at it, like... But I would... That I'd just never speaks to his talent. Yeah, award, to give him, like, one... Fifteenth no, yeah. of an award? That's exactly. That performance maybe deserves one fifteenth of an award. Amelia, you haven't given your picks yet, right? Okay. Yeah. So, no, okay. It, yeah. What? A, just in terms of movies, picture. My favorite movie here is Reloaded. Then Dawn of the Dead. Then Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. Actor, I would go Downey. Kilmer, maybe a tie there also. Who knows? Um, what other performance? Jack Black. He's there oh, behind he's, you. It is a good he's performance. Good. He is good it in is, Kung Fu It Panda. is a very yeah. good performance. My favorite of the animated movies on the list. And, uh... Yes. Yeah, I guess that's my actor. Well, I'll say Cheeto's good in Mission to Mars. I'm not into Sinise in Mission to Mars, but I'm into, like, the rest of the people in Mission to Mars. Yeah, Robbins is also great. Yeah, Tim Robbins is also good. O'Connell, pretty Uh, solid. (laughs) O'Connell is pretty solid doing his O'Connell thing. Actress, I would go Loman, then Polly, who I very much like. Like, those are pretty close for me. And then Monaghan. Kiss Kiss Bang Bang sort of suffers for me not having rewatched it in a while, though it did sort of diminish last time I rewatched it, which was a couple of years ago. Yeah. Which is weird. I think it, that was a similar experience for all of us, which is that Kiss, Bang, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang is a little like lesser now than it was yeah. when we I, first I watched it. I haven't rewatched it, and I have that exact fear. Kilmer is like yeah, great. I, I had never I've, seen it. Hmm. Um, go and ahead. I watched like 40 minutes of it last night, and was like, it's pretty good, but it's not as good mm. as I remember. Yeah, I, I had never seen it. I was like the we last time we talked about the nice guys. I was like the person with major reservations about the nice guys last time. I especially and like a lot of it was like the walk like does it walk that like frat boy sort of line mm. well or not? The shame. This black one, little. I I saw I saw a lot more danger of like it crossing the line too much mm-hmm. for me. But it almost, it almost a little more consistently managed to stay on the right side of the line for me. And I think, like, and it was, I keep pushing for Kilmer for actor because I think, like, if that, that character has so much, like, fraught possibility for being so terrible, 
And if it is that performance is not invested as much as it is, like that movie is a disaster for me. And I think Kilmer like nails it and like has the energy and like really like saves that movie from being a total train wreck. Huh. I think uh, Jesse should run through his yeah. uh, nominations real quick, yes. and then I'm gonna run down all oceans that would be nominated. Did you did you finish your oh, list, Emilio? Uh, let me say director. Oh yeah, sorry, sorry. Who are my? Director, I would go. I think Wachowski's first, then, then Raimi. Then it's either De Palma or Soderbergh, I guess. All right, I can go. I would say for picture, uh, Matrix Reloaded is easily at the top for me as well. Uh, and then like the two runner-ups probably are like kiss kiss bang bang and mission to mars and maybe drag me to hell all of which i have reservations about (laughs) uh and then like director is probably just like that same list Mm -hmm. uh maybe in a slightly different order like uh i guess i probably would put raimi higher on the director list uh but still like wikowski's at the top uh actor i would say i agree with like kilmer and or downey i think labeouf is like the one thing that is really singing in indiana jones (laughs) (laughs) and then i uh sanice is so weird in mission to mars i kind of like that performance too and then i have no problem with look i'll also say i have not seen mission mars since it came out in theaters i could rewatch that and be very taken aback by that performance in a negative way in my Mm -hmm. mind i like it a lot i would i would put money that you like it (laughs) just yeah yeah i mean he's certainly odd in that movie yeah he's like a weird guy The specifically weird thing about Sinise in that movie is that, like, 20 minutes into the movie, uh, Don Cheadle, uh, on, like, a video message from the past is like, yeah, I'll bet he's making that, uh, weird smile right now, and you just can't, you can't see his smile as anything other than fake for the rest of the movie, and it kind of hamstrings him, but then by the end... I'm kind of invested in him. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's, like, a very uh, beautiful movie. <laughs> yeah. And then, yeah, actress uh, Loman very much at the top, and then, like, Monaghan, and yeah. then, uh, I guess, Polly. Um, yeah, so, like, so like before Colin goes into, like, that's my reason for Loman should win actress. It's just, like, I don't think... Yeah. She's, like, she's farther above the rest of her competitors than any other category. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think there's a lot of cases to be made for director, but like two maybe for actress at this point. I, I um, mean, let me let me yeah. talk through some strategies here because the other thing about obviously a jury is, you know, concessions concessions have to be made. You have to you have yes. to think about things yes. strategically. We gotta make some okay. Trades. So there's some weird things that I want to throw out that I feel like are none of our picks, but are things to consider in terms of the bigger picture. Okay, the sure. Ocean's Thirteen vote is really interesting for me i i keep going back to this especially because it is fundamentally a a actor an actor driven franchise in a way that few before have been and 
very few since have been. That franchise is just based on look at movie stars being movie stars, but also right. a bunch of ringer character actors. I rewatched all three recently, uh, not even because the of best. that earlier in lockdown, uh, and yeah. you forget they're so watchable. Yeah, there are like six or seven guys in those movies who are not famous actors like Eddie Jameson who just mm -hmm. kill it. Yeah, Eddie Jameson. Right. Yeah. Everyone in that movie, in those three movies, in the main group, is pretty impeccable across three entire films and it feels like Shabo Shin right there's sort of like a a I don't want to say the win is about optics uh that, <laughs> that it, it's about uh, uh fighting for representation of white men in cinema no that it's about fighting for the idea of the importance of movie stars and actor driven yeah. Hollywood films right. and whatever mm -hmm. but it also just is like that's a pretty right. sterling collection of performances across three films and it's the kind of thing that you can only do at con where you can go best actor is split across 15 people that's right. yeah. God, and imagine all of them on the red carpet. Yeah. Vincent like, Castle, Eddie Izzard. Because then the other two performances for me that really jump out for Best Actor are Thornton and Downey. I think it's interesting that none of you mentioned Thornton, but I wonder how much of that is Bad Santa being a movie that plays worse today than it did at the time. Yes, I detest right. it. I mean, look, Santa. I don't particularly love it, but I also feel like I'm a little older than all of you guys right and i i feel like that mm -hmm. movie yeah. we're, we're about okay the same age, but that movie just had such an impact when it came out as being so different than everything yeah. else and it being right, right. santa is bad now yeah. Like. yeah and it also just like its commitment to real sort of like down right. in the dirt grime sorry this construction has now started going outside my building can you guys hear it at all very Maybe. Okay. There's also like there's, I live next to an airport. There's like planes flying above me. There's a lot of like background noise it on this podcast. Don't worry about it. Doesn't seem to be showing up on the levels of my recorder, so I'm hoping yeah. it's not hitting much harder. Uh, but uh, apologies in advance to your listeners if you are hearing shit in the background now. Uh, my life is a nightmare. I have to hear drilling <laughs> all the time. Um, uh, what was I gonna say? Uh, Bad Santa. I I. I feel like that was the other thing was it was like, oh, it's wild seeing Billy Bob Thornton in a performance like this. I haven't seen him really do comedy like this, but it's he and Downey Jr. fall into the same thing where it was like this kind of like career revival performance, unexpected like turn point for them. But both of them kind of took all the wrong lessons away from it. So you're like, yeah. in the moment, I would consider giving the award to one of those two guys more than I do in the present when I know everything that happened afterwards right. to those two guys. Mm -hmm. Yeah, my thing with Bad Santa I... is, like, when I was a kid, like, I was very into the Bad News Bears mm. remake. Uh, and it's, like, very much, like, the same energy, basically. Just, like, PG-13 instead of R is, like, how he's treating just, like, scummy guy yeah. who, like, turns around by the end. Uh, and, like, I feel like all of us consensus at least like Ocean's 13. Like, it's not a divisive movie. Yeah. And even though I heard a lot of you list him, it feels a little silly to give it a Best Director Award. No disrespect to Soderbergh, but I feel like especially it's the least interesting of those yes. three movies. And it is yes. less interesting. Than I would love to give him a Go lot ahead. of his other films. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was gonna say I'd love to give him best director for Ocean's totally. Twelve, but oh, unfortunately, man. 12 that is was like, a December right. movie. I, yeah, yeah. I mean, twelve. Yeah. 
is like almost the one that doesn't break, but like is like the more director driven of the three. Right. Yes. Like it is formally like insane what he does in that yeah, movie. Yeah. This is the, the thing about all these movies is like, I like all of them. I, I probably do one, three, two is my ranking. Sure. Uh, like three, two works the least for me, but like, it's still very good. But like the also, like those movies do not stick in my brain at all. Yeah. Like I love them, but like, I cannot ever remember specific details of like what the plot in each one was. Oh, other than the most general stuff. Like it's so, they're so lighter than air that like they evaporate in like a good way. It's so weird how like much fun they are and how enjoyable yeah, they're they are. Very, like, like, how much of a, yeah. And how much movie star stuff there is in them. But then also like they do have like such a light touch that it's like crazy. <laughs> Uh, yeah, like I've said before, like if I haven't watched them in a while, you could tell me that the the heist they do in thirteen is the one they do in eleven, and the one they do in in eleven is the one they do in thirteen. I'd be like, sure, that sounds right. They like make all the machines work in eleven. That sounds like that's what the climax to that one is. Yeah. Now, but the, uh, the argument for Loman yeah. is starting to become pretty airtight. Like it feels like the, yeah. her competitors are falling off, which means I I went into this thinking. Locked in, I'm gonna fight. Raimi sounds slam dunk for yeah. Raimi for director, right? Yeah, and and mm-hmm. now it feels like I I'm I'm letting go of that grasp, and I'm considering everything that everyone's put forth, and I know I didn't even list him in my three, but I want to make the stump speech right now. There we go. Please, this is gonna sound wild. <laughs> I th- Ron Howard. I think it's <laughs> worth us discussing the idea of giving best director to George Lucas. You will not have any pushback <laughs> from me. Uh, for which movie? My vote would the Lucas two or the Lucas. My 3? vote. This is the wild thing. My vote would be for Revenge of the Sith, even though uh-huh. it is my least favorite of the pre- favorite. prequel trilogy. Like this is going against. My usual opinion of these things, right. where I hate that kind of like, yes. we have to give him the Broken Flowers Award because we didn't give it to Jarmusch earlier. Like, I hate kind of makeup awards and things like that. Mm-hmm. But I'm I'm zooming out and thinking of it less as a makeup award and more as a representative award for like it, it, the the level of achievements that are sort of encapsulated within Revenge of the Sith. Not just in the achievement of his entire career, that being the last movie he directed and maybe will ever direct, most likely. Yeah. It being the culmination right. of his Star Wars franchise before it gets taken over by another company and becomes this far more democratic, fraught thing. The fact yeah. that it is this movie that was very ahead of its time on a technological level, you know? And also that it is like, you have to remember, it got a pretty rapturous response at con people were pretty positive on it pretty surprised by how positive they were on it the film coming out in the height of the bush administration people were like this one's like political and it's not like the star wars movies Mm -hmm. haven't always been political but i will say i certainly in the last couple of years have grown to have more and more respect for the fact that the prequels are a hundred plus million dollar kids movies about the slow creep that leads to fascism taking over. Uh, like yeah. how we just slowly <laughs> let down our guard and let these things grow. It, it A lot of it is just it feels very potent right now, but I start to zoom out and get a greater and greater 
appreciation for everything the films represent the prequel trilogy and revenge of the sith certainly brings all that stuff to the forefront even if i don't necessarily like it that much as a movie yeah um Um, i mean so yeah i I think that's a I, i think that's a very good argument i think my only counter to that would be i think we all like enough movies that i think something will trickle down to director that we we all like so i don't know if it's like if it's quite the time to make stump speeches for movie for directors and movie that we some of us are more mixed well this is why i'm i'm just sort of thinking about a division of things right so like this this is what i'm seeing i close my eyes and there's a you know i'm seeing (laughs) off in the distance a shape of how these awards could go and i'm like is there a universe in which we do something like allison loman best actress the 13 split best actor dawn of the dead gets best screenplay george lucas gets best director and mission to mars gets best picture like i i'm this that's that's a that's a vision i'm seeing in my mind now i know mission to mars is more divisive Mm -hmm. i'm yes I that also was... remember the, this is the can, so we're doing Palm and Grand yes. Prix and Jury, so we have right, we three, have three different awards to give for just a right, movie, general movie awards too. Um, I, so yeah, I mean, on the Lucas thing, like I would be fine with giving him a made-up special award for technical achievements. I think those movies are such failure on like a character and communicating plot and like story I agree level. With you. That, but like, that's screenplay. I, I agree with you, but that's think. that's the other argument is like. To some degree, attention must be paid, and we cannot, in good conscience, give it any other award. Like as much as we've mentioned, like oh, there. I, I mean, I mean, I, I might agree with Andy that it's like the, we give it the fake Godard. Yeah. Like you're kicking Lucas. You're, I mean, there is. Thanks for the computer. But it is. Like... I mean, it is a language book <laughs> argument. It is like you kind of have to like. Yeah. <sighs> I mean, it, I guess I'm the, with you. Like his directorial failure in that is that he cannot direct actors. Yes, like but, that is like a major directorial failure in those movies. Is that the actors are not directed to give and yeah, it's, I I think just I, if I can define that even more, it's that he cannot be bothered to direct actors. Right. Yeah. Yes. He's yes interested in the visual, not right. the performance. Like and I think I yeah. mean we mentioned yep. it for Revenge of the Sith. There is the one shot and uh, clones that is incredible where he does the wipe and the iris out at the same yeah. time, and it knocked my socks off. <laughs> Here's what I'll say: I do feel like if we've got kind of uh, Dawn of the Dead in screenplay, and then Loman and the Thirteens cast. Do we feel in, comfortable having I those do... those three pretty penciled yes. in? I think that yes. feels like a pretty. I, strong... I'm happy right, with okay. those. So that leaves the board open for right. Okay. So then I think there's four awards yeah. left, and I do think there's kind of four movies that are not a Star Wars movie that it seems like enough of us w- feel passionately about giving something. Those four movies being. Matrix Reloaded, Up, Mission to Mars, and Kiss Kiss Bang yeah. Bang. Yeah, no, I was gonna say... I feel like if if Lucas wins directors... I guess the one thing is Lucas could win director... And, and a tie. two of those could tie in a category. And then that could work. I... I don't know. I 
I almost like I had not I had also not, I had not seen the prequels until like a few days ago, but I had listened to much content on them and it's just like I found them unwatchable but like there was no world in which like I took those movies at their level just cuz I I know so much totally. about so them. yeah I want to expand a little bit. We mentioned it at the top of the show that Irma P. Hall get her jury prize just mm-hmm. for her performance. Is that where we honor George Lucas? The tie in jury going to him as filmmaker George Lucas. Yeah, and and that it I guess it just I feel like we're doing George a little dirty, but it's hard to overlook his limitations. I mean, I mean yeah, this is like two very bad movies. Right, that's, that's not problem. true though. <laughs> it's like, it's so, they're pretty solid. They're they're so fascinating because I I kind of I'm inclined to agree with you, Jesse, that while I'm watching them, I am not enjoying myself. But when I think about them, I'm having a goddamn ball. Like I love good thinking stuff. about them. <laughs> they get sure. some juice. I love sure. thinking about them on I will every say that... level. Right. I mean, that's I, there is. I think you could make good versions of every single one. Right. Of the Star I Wars just. Movies. Right. I. We do not have those movies. Though. Right. We do. Right. But it's not even like I There's enjoy some... thinking about them, like rewriting them in my head. Like I love zooming out and thinking about yeah. what is done in them, how it's done, the weird tone, how much it feels like it's something of a bygone era. Well, yeah. I mean, but they're fundamentally not particularly good movies. I guess we gotta this, give uh, George Lucas like a special award for creating the entire Star Wars saga and advancing the technical art of motion pictures, right? Like, there's well, some, yeah, I mean, yeah. that's like the weird thing about like this 2000s blockbuster jury is we have like a lot of those, like Mission to Mars, Matrix Reloaded, uh, you know, uh, Crystal Skull, and the prequels. They're all these like, uh, you know. Not pioneers, but like yeah. they're on the cutting edge for the effects. Like Mission to Mars is like two thousand and has these insane, like you know, two thousand one, uh, the movie, not the right. year, um, like effects send ups. And I think like just on the prequels, uh, when I rewatched them, two was my favorite. And I think like what that does, like you know, you saying it's a representation of like a bygone era almost. It's got like the fifties pastiche and like the noir aspect with Obi-Wan and, like, the Serkian melodrama yeah. of uh, Anakin and Padme. I think it all works very well. But Two has the one thing that I find engaging, which is when Obi-Wan shows up on Kamino, and they're like, we're so glad to see you. We're, we're glad you're yes. finally here to collect your clones. Everyone's, that is... Yeah, that's a I love thing. That's I think if, if I can... The thing my sure. take is... That I, see, I see all these takes about, like, well, it might, it's like so like revolutionary and it's like has these interesting political arguments and all of these like interesting philosophy behind them and just like the action and what's it trying to do in certain aspects of melodrama and I'm like yeah that's interesting but all that is also in reloaded and it's a better movie <laughs> you will not have any debate that it is not better than reloaded i am not i'm not pushing i'm just I mean, you know, people yeah. are throwing a lot of uh, words around like bad and unwatchable, and I just want to, you know, defend old yeah. George as a R- remind yeah, me. Yeah, but like, th- yeah, no, we're gonna say, Melee. yeah, like it, it's like the, it's yes, yeah, like this exercise is sort of almost does the prequels dirty because it's like I have like in a vacuum I see all those interesting stuff 
Elder but when you're comparing think about it, but when I'm comparing it to the Matrix Reloaded, which is a movie I think works and has all that stuff, then I'm less kind to them than I would be. Remind normally. me the the hierarchy of the three film awards. Uh, so okay, Palm is the highest right. honor. Uh, then the Grand Prix, okay. we sort of use it as like a second place. I don't know. That's not necessarily it's always what it been is very. Canon, it, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it's yeah. been generally accepted as a second place. Before I think like 1970, it was the just the Grand Prix. They, they gave out I think a couple though. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, and, yeah. Then, and then and then and then jury prize sort is, of works as like. It's sort of like, well, we want to talk about this. Movie. And acknowledge yeah. so, like, jury prize depending is on, depending on who you ask. Like director might be higher tier above what a jury prize is. Okay, yeah. so here's right. here's a concession I want to broker. Can can we? I will surrender, and give George the the Palm Star, or the Storm <laughs> sure. Door, or whatever we want to call it. Yeah. The special storm door. for for advancing the technical the art of cinema. The, the Palm de Jar Jar. The, the Palm Jar. <laughs> we give him the palm jar jar. Grand Brinks. I mean, we, look, we could go all day on that. There's too many. Yeah, yeah. yeah. there's, there's <laughs> too many. <laughs> this is truly an endless wall. It's a slippery slope, and I actually regret even introducing this meme structure. But uh, we do that in exchange for. I, I feel like Reloaded shouldn't be higher than Jury Prize. And and wow. I feel like Reloaded is divisive. I know there are strong advocates here. Yeah. And some of us are less hot on it. I agree <laughs> that it deserves some sort of commendation, but I feel like it, it should be in, in the third seat. Okay. I I'm can on, say I'm I, totally I mean, on that, board was, with that. that was my pick for director. Wow. Yes. Interesting. So yes. what? So the other ones we have sort of yeah. jockeying around the, for these. The the I think the mistake we made initially is that we went bottom to top, and I think like yes. going top to bottom sort of sorts everything out yes. in a way. So I think like I've been what a terrible, a terrible. Oh, oh, no, I think yeah. this, is yeah. this is better for this. It's like better than the way it usually goes, where we, we're forty minutes in and just like, do, do we just have it? Do we just yeah. have to keep talking? He's trying to build suspense. <laughs> yeah. What should win the palm? That is the question. Opinion? Can I make my up? Pitch? I okay, because I <laughs> sure. was gonna make a similar pitch. I want to hear. I want to hear okay. your take here. So yes, uh, up was like I like Pixar a lot. Uh, I'm definitely not at Griffin levels. I have not seen a few of them, but up, uh, it gets kind of a bad rap. Everyone's always like, you know, the first twelve minutes or whatever. It, that I I I sort of have felt that a little bit in the past, but I've always thought fondly of that movie. I rewatched it and. The I think the second half of that movie, the the way that that movie is able to be messy in a way that Pixar movies are often hmm. not, right? Pixar movies, the thing about Pixar movies, right, is that, like, they are little perfect systems where every cog fits right into a wheel and everything is a perfect symbol for this thing, and, and right? Uh, Up, I think, is a little messy. You have, like, a ragtag group of, like... Uh, of of Carl and uh, uh, why am I blanking on the boys' uh, name? Russell uh, and Kevin, R- my Russell, favorite character. Russell and Kevin. Uh, yeah, Kevin is the Kevin's key the to key. that movie. For and me. there's almost an argument for uh, Kevin where... for best actress, but go on. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, like Kevin comes into the picture, it's like actress. a giant bird who cannot talk. Uh, they mistake Kevin for a boy, 
And, like, eventually you learn that, like, Kevin is, like, a recent mother yeah. and is trying to, like, come back to her babies. And, like, the way that that movie is about, like, your family, mm-hmm. like, and who is your family and how, the way that you're, you have to let your past family go at a moment's notice and adu- accept your new family, right? Like, the way that that Kevin represents that for me like, really unlocked the movie and really made it sing for me. I think it's a gorgeous movie. I think it's Michael Giacchino's best score. I also think this is the Griffin Newman president, and we can't not strongly consider the Pixar movie for the Griffin Newman president. uh, And I rank up lower. I I don't have quite the same argument as what you're saying. Like, I, I, I disagree with people whose argument is the first 30 minutes are so good or that yeah. the rest of the movie fails in comparison. I feel like people throw that argument as Wally uh, as well, which I, I right. uh, very much bristle at. I My problem with the movie is I, I like the sort of messiness and the shambliness of it and that it feels a little more free associative than the clockwork of Pixar movies. I think it loses its focus on thematics a little bit i think as it starts to spin out it it gets a little bit off the ball in terms of what it's saying and then like brings it back in at the end this is one of those things that like sucks in a like uh, i can't unsee it i can't unhear it way but as someone who like does so much fucking deep diving into every goddamn Pixar thing, there was some book yeah. or some interview or some special feature or something I read where Pete Doctor said for like 90% of the development of that story, the idea was supposed to be that Kevin's eggs were the like the secret to youth. And the reason why Munce was so focused and had thrown away his entire life trying to catch Kevin is it was about trying to fight mortality and loss and all of that. And then he decided Uh some late stage the movie doesn't need it. We can just make it that he wants to catch the bird. And I actually think it would have made the movie better. I don't think that it needs to be like a a very heavy-handed thing but i do feel like that's the one area of the movie where when you get to months and you get to the dogs it starts to feel a little disconnected where those segments are just like carl fighting his like childhood vision of stuff rather than tying into this sense of your your family and your loss and your prioritizing how you live your life and that sort of stuff but i do think it's a very ambitious movie it's a very odd movie. It's a very beautiful movie. And it is in that weird Pixar corridor of there are three films that they make independently. That are not franchises. Right. When they think their Disney deal is going to end, when they have no creative oversight whatsoever and go like, let's push the boundaries of what American animation can be. And they do Ratatouille and Wally and Up. And as the only one of those three to play at Khan, even though I greatly prefer those other two, I do like the symbolic win there. And I do think it's a good consensus candidate for the Palme d'Or. Like, even though it's maybe none of our favorites, it does feel like a movie that I feel like all of us at least respect. Well, I'll say, like, I would give it props for sort of, like, being a Pixar movie that is about nothing. Like, how it's not, like, inside out, where it's, like, how everything in your brain works as, like, this, like, metaphor or whatever, which we watched for the last one I, like, kind of uh, couldn't be bothered with. But um, uh, I, like, I was, like, oh, this is, like, just 
he goes up to this uh, like to South America, you know, uh, the guy wants the bird, and that's like basically Look, it. I He's love a good adventure. Dog. Yeah, yeah, uh, but I feel like the concession. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> I cannot imagine it winning the palm. <laughs> like I feel like Jesse and Emilio and I are maybe on the opposite side of you guys, but I think maybe the concession would be like if the concession was like we shunt George Lucas off if we give this the award. I mean, this is the debate is like <laughs> it's gonna be Matrix Reloaded versus Up, which is insane. Uh, but yeah, I, I mean, guess like well. Because, I mean, I, yeah. I guess, let's hear from Jesse and Amelia. Are you, yeah, sure, sure. Can you not live with up in the palm d'or? It's like, it's so, it's occupying a weird space of like, I also sort of like up, but it's like my sixth favorite movie. Uh, yeah, it is in like, uh, let's my see. My fifth or sixth? It's like my 12. <laughs> I think it's my fourth or fifth, but that is very often. I mean, I, I'm not trying to force us to. No, to, no, no. Uh, uh, conform to the same bullshit that tends to happen in festival juries. But on the other hand, I do want this to be an accurate sort of reenactment, an accurate thought experiment, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. And there is that mm-hmm. thing of, like, one person's number one might be another person's number ten, and for, for, yeah, perhaps for sure. you settle on the thing that's everyone's for. Right. And that's the, that's the thing with my... Up is I don't think any of us put it that low, even though maybe no one puts it at number one. So, is the Pomodoro winner Mission to Mars then? That would yes. be my personal pick, no. but I feel like <laughs> that's more of a split yes. and Mission to Mars that... is fighting in the same territory as Matrix Reloaded. I was proposing I mean, Up I'll as say... a concession because I thought the Matrix acolytes might take greater offense at being snubbed by a Mars. Nope, I like Mars a lot better I like than Mars. Up. I yeah. my thing with Up is no! just like I'm very <laughs> much a a Pixar skeptic. I I did the thing I did with Kiss Kiss Bang Bang where I watched like 45 minutes of it to see how I responded mm-hmm. to it, and it, I like it. A be- I I guess I remembered liking it more than most Pixar movies, and that's still probably the case. That being said, I don't know if I like it substantially better than like Kung Fu Panda, which I yeah. that I was I was going to watch like forty five minutes yeah. of Kung Fu Panda and like got drawn into it and watched the I whole thing. I cannot Kung Fu Panda criticize kind of Kung Fu Panda, but I still just have that weird DreamWorks mm-hmm. Pixar. Thing. Yeah. Uh, okay. Can yeah. I can I just can I say something? And I'm I'm gonna say this <laughs> while looking at you guys to see if there's any collar tugging any deep gulping any eye rolling any wiping the sweat off the brow i just want to say a rundown and see if it bumps substantially for anyone okay yeah and maybe everyone close their Mm -hmm. eyes to try to to try to just envision like the the deadline story with this rundown okay (laughs) the the individual tweets coming out from the press conference the palm door Mm -hmm. goes to mission to mars the the Grand Prix is up. The jury award is Matrix Reloaded. Director goes to what was our director pick again? Why am I forgetting already? Uh, it was Reloaded. 
It was not Lucas. Yeah, we didn't, we was... didn't have we didn't oh. replace Lucas with anyone. We didn't have any. Oh, interesting. <laughs> because then actress would be Drag Me to Hell, and actor would be Ocean's Spielberg Thirteen. Would be that feels like a bridge too far for me. <laughs> sure. I mean, Spielberg. This circles. I mean, if we're talking Lucas, I think Spielberg. Like, yeah. I mean, sure. okay. The, I wanna. <laughs> I wanna propose something. <laughs> If we give director to the Wachowskis, I argue that the jury prize should go to Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. Yeah, yeah, like, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang has sort of been, been like the odd movie out in this in these discussions. Sure. So it, we did, we needed to find the place for so it to go. So does the line that scenario sound agreeable to everyone? Which is, yes. Mission to Mars, Up, and Kiss Kiss Bang Bang taking the three, then. Uh, Wachowski's director, Dawn of the Dead screenplay, Loman actress, Ocean's Thirteen actor, and George Lucas wins the Palm George. <laughs> I Mission to I Mars, like I think, is so boring. There's like Crazy. is nothing in that movie to me. Like Andy, I, get I was making out of that the up stump speech for that reason. And this and is I'm, how you get. Up. I'm a huge Mission to Mars partisan, but this is why I was proposing the up thing because I feel like. Up yeah. is the least is divisive a... move. I think I, I feel think... I feel like it's more divisive than it's it's like it's, like, it's sort of weird because if like if if I made a list it would be six but my enthusiasm for the move, the five movies that are ahead of it are mu- it's like much yeah. higher than my yeah. feelings for up so it's like it's so it's like if like what you're positing that it's like the four for a lot of this is like maybe accurate, but I don't think the enthusiasm exists for people outside of Andy. Yeah, for it, <laughs> it's like I'm happens. guessing like, it's your number frankly, one, right, Andy? I, frankly, I think uh, two, a Grand Prix is a little high, but I'm willing to make the concession that right. it, it makes yeah. sense as the I'm like, yeah, yeah, I agree. Like Grand Prix is like I can deal with that for up. I. It's like you get Grand Prix for up if you'll give us Mission to Mars. Exactly. As the, um, I mean, I I can't take Mission to Mars for. Oh, but it's so good, Andy. Andy. It's, it's so, so good. Like, what is the concession that is made yeah. if we get Mission to Mars? It, it's Andy, like, is, right. It's up and a tie. Is That's there the something point. else? If we give up the Palm Door, then what? Then Mission to Mars. Mission to Mars weirdly makes. I less, would be fine with like it makes less. What if this is, can I can I throw out what I would do? Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is just sure. my personal opinion. I'm not saying this is what we should do. Yeah, uh-huh. I would do De Palma for director and Wachowskis for jury. But then I know the Wachowski stands are bristling at at being this done is, dirty. This is where. Yeah, I, so here's what I was about to say. It seems or? like I would sooner do it that. It seems like. The, so sorry, I was gonna say it seems like the neither up nor uh, Mission to Mars is gonna be the consensus pick. Oh, what so if close. it's Kiss Kiss Bang Bang? That I, just feels silly to me. It does. Kiss Kiss I mean, Bang no Bang. No disrespect, but it feels a little <laughs> bit silly. Kiss Kiss is yes. on my list of acceptable. Bars. Really? I I mean, I'll say Kiss, yes. Kiss 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 is like the movie that you're describing. Actually, I think in this room of like, yeah. it's, everyone's like four. We all yeah. like it. Yeah. But this that's is like a where wild the list turn of events. Yeah. <laughs> this is Kiss Kiss Bang Bang on my list is where things start going from like fours and four and a halves, like on Letterbox, down to like flat threes. Where like I am not a huge Shane Black fan, and like 
when I rewatched Nice Guys, which I liked at the time, and then rewatched it for the podcast, I was like, oh, this kind of just, like, isn't my vibe. And then Kiss Kiss Bang Bang was, like, even less so, despite, like, it has its peaks with, like, you know, performance in uh, certain aspects and, like, it's get jokes, like, that's Shane Black's whole thing. Whereas, like, Mission to Mars <laughs> was such a discovery. So, could... Cullen, here's mm. the thing. Wait, Andy wait. is Xavier Delaning Mission to Mars. This is what I want to see. Spot. Would you rather kiss, kiss, bang, bang in the palm, or would you rather up in the palm? I Wait. mean, <laughs> this this is crazy, and it's a thing that often happens on this. What if? I do what? Hold your reactions. We give kiss. Do we kiss, need to bang, close bang, our eyes? Screenplay, and Dawn of the Dead wins the palm door. <laughs> <sighs> no. I mean, this is the no. question, though. I don't like. That. I, I greatly prefer Dawn of the Dead to Kiss, Kiss, Bang, Bang, and it might objectively be my favorite of this entire group that's wild i i I might rank it as my number one but it 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 doesn't it feels silly to me and it's not a genre thing you know it just it it doesn't it doesn't feel like it has the fixings of a palm door winner but maybe that's an issue with my line of thinking and it also sounds like you three are not going to abide by Dawn getting the door. Well, here's my question for Andy. Yeah. You know, there's four that were pretty on the, on the, you know, side of mission to Mars and Palm. And then up in pre, you know, my eyes were closed. I couldn't see anyone else's reactions, but I'm fine with that as the sort of like quote unquote. I mean, I would place. be fine with mission to Mars in pre like, but mission see, here's Mars my question. Your same position as me for, for, for up. Like I it's 12th. I, I like Spirit better. I like Over the Hedge better. I like Kung Fu Panda better. All these movies I like better than Mission to Mars. But the question is, there's no world in which we give Mission to Mars Palm and then, quote unquote, you get up and pre and the tie. What tie? Yeah. Like uh, the a- hypothetical tie that we give something to appease you. <laughs> right. You can just throw in a tie somewhere. Well, yeah, what would be a tie? Because I feel like up in Palm is two to three, and Mission to Mars in Palm is four to one. I know I know. we were talking about sometimes it ends up being the thing that everyone's number four, but can we let Kiss Kiss Bang Bang win if none of us are willing to actually speak for it in an impassioned way? If it's <laughs> only real yeah. quality as a Palm d'Or candidate is no one dislikes it, you know? Like... I, yeah. There's a there's a degree of settling. It feels like with with Con Awards, but there has to be some contingent that's fired up. I feel like. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Kiss right. Kiss Bang Bang is like my third favorite movie here. I think. Yeah. I I was very surprised how much I liked it. I thought it was very fun. I had a lot of good energy. The 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 you know the the voiceover is really good. I like I mentioned that I think Kilmer is just like excellent in it. Um, I don't know. I, f- I feel much more passionately about that movie than I do Mission to Mars. That's um. I, I feel like uh, we're at a, a I, standstill I, I, here. I, yeah, I mean, uh, yeah. This I mean, is the... I, I, I'm, like, I'm I, trying I, to think I, of like what a concession I could give is. I'm, I, I'm and I, and I also like to say I'm sort of just like reading the room, doing stuff. I think I like Kiss Kiss Bang Bang more than I like Mission to Mars. Also, well, yeah, this is. 
I'm, I'm mostly speaking because you, the bottom two for me, Colin and Griffin, like Mission to Mars so much, and so does Jesse, that I'm, like, willing to see Real, it. Yeah. But in my mind, it was always reloaded. I, that's the thing. I think we're bottlenecking favorite. here on Matrix yeah. and Mission in terms of, you know, who values what more and how we'd rank them. And it feels like there's this thing of, like, does Mission get director and Matrix gets jury or the other way around and in both cases people feel like a movie is sort of getting shafted but i see no other way around it this i mean it's almost it's I almost mean, the my- argument for up winning the palm door is that i feel like if mission of mars wins the matrix reloaded partisans take greater offense to that than upwind. I don't think that's true. I think the Matrix Reloaded people are mostly fine with prefer Mission to Mm -hmm. Mars. Yeah. Yeah. The thing is... I like Reloaded a lot and I'd be fine with Mars. Andy uh, dislikes both Mission to Mars and Matrix Reloaded. I would even... I mean, I would take Reloaded over Mission to Mars. But then this is where... Guys... um, Then we have... then we I would have, take like, the president's I, wait a last pick. Right, wait wait I'm going to yeah. throw something out that's wild. I'm going to okay. change the game. Change it, please. This one's not working. Well, <laughs> what if we said Mission to Mars wins the Palm Door? I, I'm with you we so We said far. Matrix Reloaded wins the Grand Prix. We said that Kiss Kiss Bang Bang wins the jury prize. And best director goes to Pete Doctor. 1000% okay with that. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Cuz I do think um, like Up is very much a director's movie. That's very much an auteur's yeah. movie. He wrote it as well. Mm-hmm. We are talking mm-hmm. about how it has a very different sensibility and structure than other Pixar movies. I mean, it is it, it it's that that quarter of the blank check. The Pixar guys get to do whatever the fuck they want until Disney comes crashing down right. again. So okay, wait. What was the pre? Uh, pre went to reloaded, right. and then what's the jury? The jury would be kiss kiss, kiss, kiss bang, bang. Kiss, kiss, bang, bang. So at least we put the two movies that people are most passionate about in the top two. Mm-hmm. I would maybe swap bang bang and reloaded if that would be but possible. Andy, but but Andy, I, I feel like we have to, we have to I, give them. <laughs> I know. Do you know what I'm saying? That's what I I want to I want to say that would be my that would preference. be my preference too. But I'm saying, right. I think I As can As the people who put Reloaded Listen, lower, that. I feel like the concession is Reloaded gets number two. Reloaded gets the award that some people contend is actually the bigger award. I just missioned to Mars. All right. Andy, it's so good. <laughs> here's the so thing about, the quest, here's the the... about Reloaded. Give me a second. There are like uh-huh. seven kung fu fights that rules. It's a movie about like revolution and having to tear down the things and how like revolutions get co-opted by the people who are supposed to be fighting against so i think it's politically very potent and I but it's not a movie lot. about it revolutions that which is a point against it no. that happens next time <laughs> to be concluded that. yes <laughs> yeah. and it has the highway chase which is the best part of any of these movies by far i mean this is but it's but over this long. is um, yeah that that was gonna be my question is like andy is saying he would prefer Matrix Reloaded to Mission to Mars. Griffin, what would we have to give you for you to let Matrix Reloaded win the palm? Oh, I don't want Reloaded in the palm. Right. I think it's I, acceptable. He said he would swap it with Kiss Kiss Bang Bang in the jury and pre. 
Yeah, I I, I truly can't see a thing that would make me feel happy with me Matrix <laughs> okay. winning. And I, I don't mean to talk crazy, but I also just... No, no, please. It's, mm -hmm. it's, a, it's a middle piece. That's my other thing with it. I don't know if this is like some bias, but I'm just like... It's very much like Matrix stands on its own, right? We all agree. The first Matrix stands on its own. Even if it's not your aesthetic, that is a sort of whole statement. And then Reloaded sure. and Revolutions are, now we're making it feel like it had to be a three-part story. And whether mm -hmm. you like Reloaded more than Revolutions or not, Revolutions is the end of that statement. And Reloaded is the bridge to how do we make this a, a larger tapestry. I mean... Maybe this is a, 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 like I've never I've not seen Revolutions. I just saw Reloaded for this. So maybe you never I, seen like, Revolution. I, I've no. never seen Revolutions either. <laughs> Same. Right, we we will watch Revolutions soon. But uh, this so my opinion is partly colored by that. But it's like I sort of got at the ending of Reloaded the like Empire Strikes Back thing where it's like, wow, Jesus, what's gonna happen to these people? It's like I found the ending point very compelling for what it's trying hmm. to do. I feel um, like... How, what about I, this? What Emilio, about this I feel like we, if you saw Revolutions, you would like Reloaded less. This is crazy. <laughs> I feel like the consensus is Revolutions is the worst. But. I know it is. I know it is. I'm not saying he would like Revolutions more. Sure. I'm saying I think your love <laughs> of Reloaded the rest of the story. would dampen a little bit. Because I don't think Revolutions, as much as I defend it fulfills the promise of that ending in a way that is satisfying because i remember walking out of reloaded feeling mixed on it but going but it's all about what they do in revolutions and although i've come to respect revolutions more it does not feel like a good fulfillment of that promise it feels like something else the Maybe um... i'll never watch revolution <laughs> i'm still on season five of lost who's hmm. to say <laughs> <laughs> the uh, the thing I rewatched because uh, I like Matrix was like a big one for me as a child, mm -hmm. uh, and Reloaded I like would watch like the MTV Movie Awards bit sure. all the time. Um, so when I watched it for the purposes of this, I watched Matrix One and the lead up because it had been like you know almost ten years since I had seen it probably. And the thing is that was crazy <laughs> was the scene where. Mate, uh, where Neo is first like interacting with the agents after they grab him at his office, you see the architect's wall of TVs, and he's on it. And I was like, "Oh my god, this is insane!" And then it ties it all together in the second one. Wow. Okay, here's yeah. the thing. What would it? I know there's no concession that will make you think Reloaded. I I, li I literally cannot see a single concession that I feel passionate enough about that I would accept Reloaded winning the Palm Star. So and I think that there... Andy feels the same way about Mission to Mars and three of us feel that way about Up. <laughs> Let me pitch Griffin something. Though. Here we go. So there, there can be ties and there can also be a movie can win go two on. things. What if Drag Me to Hell ties for the jury prize? So it's jury and actress go to Drag Me to Hell and also uh, Kiss, kiss, bang, here's, bang. Here's my thing. I, that that holds no value for me. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> what, what I would need to see, I think, is... It, no, it's not even that. You opening up that door makes me go, then maybe the solution is Drag Me to Hell or Dawn of the Dead also winning Palm Door. I want to circle back around to that. 
I mean, I, it's like I I feel like you and I are a very insane wavelength, and that those are the mo- t- movies that I like a lot here. I really like Dawn of the Dead, and I really like Drag Me to Hell. Yeah. So here, the, I would be like very happy with Drag Me to Hell in the palm. That would be very happy for me. Yeah, that's sort of the problem. But that's the thing is we give it to Loman. Yeah. Because Palm can only win the Palm. I would say uh, if if we give Drag Me to Hell the Palm, then Michelle Monaghan wins Actress, and the two runner-ups are Matrix and Mission to Mars. And Up is in Director? And Up is in Director. That's what I would contend. So this is the proposed lineup is Palm to Drag Me to Hell. Uh Grand Prix to Mission to Mars. Uh Jury Prize to Matrix Reloaded. Actor to the male leads in Oceans thirteen. Oceans thirteen. You know what? I'll um, even I'll uh, even say this. What if as a split to make things more even between the factions? Drag me to hell, Palm Door. Matrix yeah. Reloaded Grand Prix. Director De Palma, Jury Up, Monaghan Actress, Ocean's Actor, Dawn of the Dead Screenplay. Hmm. I would really love Up and Director. Uh, Have you prefer Up and Director? Andy, you, we had a lineup like 10 minutes ago that I loved (laughs) so much more than this. I also, I also would prefer Pete Doctor uh, for Director. I like the idea of that. But I also think we I, need yeah. to even the boards between Mission yeah, to Mars sure. and Matrix for us to ever, uh, yeah. ever I mean, reach I guess a quorum. The, the, they right. have to the feel like they're not being say, ranked against each right. other. I will say one more thing, and if it does not land, I will move on. One more thing. So I guess the the, the good old argument that we always have is like, is Mission to Mars anyone's favorite De Palma movie? Well, but... I mean, it's very de- it's, by it's default, almost, it's yes. not, but I also think that's irrelevant. Yes, that has no bearing in the purposes I mean, of it, this. Yeah, I jury. guess giving him director for what is like not. It's a, a particularly my, acclaimed movie. I feel. Like. I mean, but acclaim versus uh, his, respect, in, or like, uh, yeah, it, even like people who are De Palma fans. I'm not sure how many people are like, yeah, I. Like I feel like it's been reclaimed, and I also feel like it's his last huge movie. Yeah, yeah. I guess the, the the like philosophical argument would almost be like. I guess he's giving no, the Lucas no. like thanks for your career. Yeah. Like, yeah, like, no, the people got it wrong. The yeah. Palma was, was still a good director in the year 2000 when he made it. Right, I, mean, I think there's that I'll argument. I'll defend Domino as well. There's also right. that argument of, like, that's why you put him there rather than Wachowski's there and Mission to Mars and Grand Prix because it's like Wachowski's did better movies before this and better movies after this, you know? This, even though those films didn't play a con, this feels like the last time you could have reasonably given... De Palma an award. Like you know this. what? I mean, okay. There's I, I, also. I was going to say, like, Reloaded is my favorite. Which... Oh. Emilio's Emilio take was out. so spicy, it ruined his internet connection. <laughs> he has dropped. He his... was about to contend um... that Matrix Reloaded was his favorite Wachowski movie, and his internet yeah. rejected that hypothesis. Uh... Well, as someone with better internet, I will. First, offer the caveat that I have only seen Speed Racer on DVD as mm-hmm. a child. That being said, Matrix Reloaded is my favorite Wicked That is movie. <laughs> Cloud Atlas is close. Cloud Atlas rules. And Matrix so much. is kind of close, though that kind of has 
gone down for me every time I've rewatched it. Four of the five Wachowskis I've seen, like just while we're on this tangent, I would have it like four and a half stars of the first two Matrixes, um, Speed Racer and Cloud Atlas, and then like Jupiter Sending, I give like a three and a half. I just because I like respect the ambition, and it just doesn't fully work for me. I, I but like I think I have proposed oh, a very fair no for sure balanced yes. lineup and i think it is no one's preferred lineup but it feels to me like the closest we can all agree on live with in terms of everything um, getting a sort of uh uh stature relative to its passion while also not overvaluing anything that's too divisive yeah um, I might need a rundown of what it is again. It would just be to Drag Me sure, to Hell for the Palm Door. It would be Matrix Reloaded for the Grand Prix. Brian De Palma for Director. Up for Jury. The Men of Oceans. That <laughs> Ocean of Men for Best Actor. Yes. Michelle Monaghan for Best Actress. Dawn of the Dead for Best Screenplay. And of course, the special Palm George goes to George Lucas. Yes. All right. And special I guess achievement I'll, in making. The- Four up, we are giving it the palm dog. We're also giving it the palm dog. Yes, correct, correct, and that balances it out a little bit. It gives it yes, a little more shine. That's another one like the oceans where it's all the dogs get the palm. Exactly, dog. it's split. Yes. They they fight amongst themselves okay. for it. I'm, I mean, also we did uh, chips the dog in Dawn of the Dead, pretty solid dog. But I no, I think it has to be the palm dog. I, I, I <laughs> no for sure. Goes to up. Doug is iconic. Yes. Absolutely, palm dog. And Alpha's um, voice box is broken. It's all all now, good stuff. All can good we throw stuff. out, uh, while Emilio is still shadow banned, can we throw out some other sort of special awards that I think are necessary? Sure, here? yeah, yeah. B- Bad yeah. Santa has mm-hmm. to go to Bad Santa, right? I just think there's not really competition there. <laughs> I can't think of a badder one it's, in any well, of It's truly the baddest of the Santas, yeah. I know we've had some debate. You could argue that uh, Nick Nolte as the bear has a giant bag a similar Santa-like move in Over the Hedge. But I think Over the Hedge wins the Rocking the Suburbs award for the movie that rocks you know, the suburbs the most. <laughs> that I had not considered it. It's so strange. That movie's strange. Oh, what a yeah. Strange movie we did not talk about it at all. Uh, it is insane what a portrait of pre-recession America yep. it is. Uh, yeah, the, the like consumer culture commentary meshing with like the weird story about like hierarchy among the animals. They do not really fit no. together, but they are certainly all in one movie. It's just together. so weird that it's like a big, expensive, shiny adaptation of a comic strip that no one really liked. Like it was like yeah. it, it was no one's favorite comic strip. It felt like there was no demand for that, and DreamWorks just went all in on it. Yeah. I think right, uh, and the other thing is that Bruce Willis is top build, and then they're like, "Who do we put second build to balance out Bruce Willis?" It's Gary well, it Shandling. Like, like it was in development for so long, it feels like Katzenberg was just a big Shandling fan, and it was supposed to be mm. Shandling and Carrie, which makes a little more sense. Uh, as like, oh, this is two yes. people with very distinct comedic energies. You can see Shandling being a good foil for Carrie, and then Jim Carrey quit the movie because of his weird methodness. He's like, I fundamentally cannot work in animation. I envelop wow. myself so fully into a role that this piecemeal thing of having to do individual lines and do like one recording session every nine months over five years, I cannot put a character in the closet and then pick it up again and wear it again like a suit. I have to live my characters until I'm finished. 
and then like two years later he does Horton Hears a Who. But that was his <laughs> whole argument at the time, <laughs> and Bruce Willis was a last-second replacement and is a very weird replacement. Uh, that movie does yeah. rock the suburbs, yes. though, and we have to acknowledge yeah. that it wins the Rock yes. in the Suburbs award. I mean, yeah, it sends down like a nuclear bomb it in the does. suburbs at one point. Absolutely. Uh, I have a, an award. I give the Palm de Melatonin to Spirit Stally of the Cimarron, a 70-minute movie that I fell asleep during. I'll say this, though. <laughs> I'm, I'm No bits here. I do feel like you want to give Spirit a, a sort of like Palm for continuing the art of hand-drawn animation, which th- was truly on its last legs at this point. This yeah. is the last one I, before yeah. DreamWorks, like, fully bails. I don't think that movie is super engaging. I think it weirdly suffers from them welching on their convictions at the last minute. Like, I watched that movie, and I feel so confident that the Matt Damon voiceover was added in the last nine months. It feels like the entire Mm -hmm. conceit of that movie was... The horse is going to be a horse. The horse is going to be a horse, (laughs) and there's almost no dialogue. And the Damon voiceover is so bad, and the music is so bad. The Brian Adams so is bad. insane. So many Brian so Adams songs. I don't understand how they It just feels like the Brian Adams and Brian the Matt Adams Damon song. is them not trusting that audiences will be able to imprint emotionally upon this horse. Right. Which I think if you're just looking at the animation of that movie, I think if you mute that film, it's less boring than if you watch it with the sound on. And so That is maybe a true right? statement. And, and <laughs> I think you need to, like, yes. just special artistry. I do think that film is a pretty stellar example of hand-drawn character animation. And I even think the integration of CGI, uh, combined with, uh, getting back to how we started this episode, it being sandwiched in between two Shreks, there is also a sort of stoic earnestness to that movie that completely disappears from American studio animation after this. I mean, <laughs> yes. Um, I yeah, I think yes. It's I th- it's purely I, a technical I, I award. It's, right, a technical yes. like you drew this. You drew movie this movie. Award. We can even call the award. Thank you for drawing a movie. Or or, oh wow, you drew this movie. That's the name of the award. And it's just instead of the camera door, right. it's the pencil right, it's door. The pencil door. It's just uh, uh, outstanding achievement in drawing a movie. <laughs> yes. Uh, I'm, on, I'm on board with this. Do we want to move on to our awards ceremony? Well, there's the last thing I, I think mean, we need to talk about. Okay. I feel like we're all... Oh, the Palm yeah, we all agree that the Palm de Doodoo is Da Vinci Code, uh, which yeah. is the fucking least 100%. interesting movie yes. I have ever seen. I, I truly... It's fucking god The awful. last time... The only thing I can kind of compare it to is the Shyamalan Last Airbender, where I'm like, this is actually hard to keep watching not because it's mm-hmm. so unpleasant but because there is nothing drawing my eye you know there is nothing engaging me on an intellectual level i'm having so little fun with any element of this movie it truly feels like it just uh uh i i don't know paint drying or something yeah, yeah. it's 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 like a weird thing where it's like this might be a weird conversation to have around it but it's like the movie's—it's one of the few movies that I can think it's worse because Tom Absolutely. Hanks is in it. 
I feel like I feel like if you get somebody who's like more of a wild card or has more of an energy, yeah. then maybe there's something there. But instead, you picked like the most straight laced, like normal person, and it just turns. And you into did something bust. weird, unnatural I, to I, his hair uh, that does not I, work. Right. Like you imagine <laughs> it being Nicolas Cage in National Treasure mode, and that movie at least right. becomes trashy fun. This is the thing, right? Yes. the the tax The taxonomy of like Indiana Jones riffs in like the turn of the century. Like I was thinking about that. Like you have the national treasures, which yes. are fun. You have the night at the museums, which are like, yeah. okay for what they are. I think Kooky kids movies. And then you have this, which is like, let's put like a European, like intellectual right. gloss on this. And it just completely kills. And it's, it's like the lead character should have the goofy energy of the Bettany performance and the Bettany performance, no disrespect to Bettany, that part of the film should maybe be played a little less to the rafters because every time they cut to him, I'm just like, where the fuck is this coming from? The, the rest of the movie is yeah. so obsessed right. with this idea of trying to like, be yeah. sort of like, an intellectual adult blockbuster to its own detriment when it should be a little goofier and it should have a Robert Langdon who seems to enjoy what he's doing so we give a shit about anything happening on screen. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I'll say, like, the one part where it was almost engaging, it was, like, Ian McKellen in his room, like... Ma- McKellen's the only yeah. thing that works he's, like, having for fun. me, but it's, like, this movie is... 100%. But then they spend, like, 40 Right, but, like, fucking it. Benjamin <laughs> Gates in the National Treasure movies, you're, like, this guy loves solving puzzles, and it's so dispiriting to watch <laughs> Da Vinci Code and being, like, this guy does not seem to get any joy from symbology anymore. He... Yeah... It's okay. I, because the book was such a cultural How? phenomenon. I I like, like I was young, and it this was is like, the question. It was like a cliffhanger. That's my thing. I like I'll just I'll trust. It. What did they do I'll in adaptation? Somehow, even the people I know who hated the book are like, but look, it's a very engaging read. Like I don't respect it, but it's an engaging read. <laughs> Watching this movie, and this is like the strongest thing you can say against the movie. Watching this movie, it's so boring that it's hard to imagine how any engaging version of this material could ever be made. It's the opposite of a page turner. It feels like all the pages are stuck together. Like you just give up and throw it into a lake. Yeah. yeah. Yes. I have no it's sense like, of like yeah. time. I have no sense of place. It sucks. It's really. Yeah. Well, yeah, because yeah, the book is like an airport novel, like beach read book that like people tear through. I'm like, what did they do in adaptation to make this the most boring and movie also that, that I've ever seen where so nothing happens? And wildly controversial. I mean, the Wikipedia page is like a list oh, of 87 God. different countries and how they all reacted to countries this. Countries that banned it. And it's it. just yeah. like, imagine getting upset <laughs> over this shit, you know? Uh, yeah. Yes. I mean, I was going to say, like, the one interesting thing, like, the one part I was going to give it is, like, well, it's a big blockbuster that is, like, reckoning with the Catholic Church and its position in the world. And then, but then at the end, it's just like, yeah, but you can believe what you want to believe. Maybe Jesus is in all of us. (laughs) Like, what is is Uh, this? My my, uh, memory card just maxed out. I think it only happened in the last five minutes, but it feels like we're also coming to a close. So rather than take a pause, yeah. I'm now retroactively explaining why sure. you guys have probably had to cut to Zoom backup audio. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's okay. fine. Yeah, because I knew it was got to get yeah. going anyway, I think, in a minute, right? So we should um, sure. run down our winners. Maybe we don't need to give big speeches. Yeah, we went time. We, we, for over we, we can give big speeches. I'm not, I'm not that crazy. Okay. But, uh, um, uh, 
So, we go okay, bottom so, to top or top to bottom? So, yeah, I yeah. think we, like, we go bottom yeah, to top. Griffin, I, I don't know if you listened to the Sims episode, but how we end these juries is we usually, like, go through everything that won and, like, a person mm-hmm. who likes that aspect of the movie gets a, to give a little speech about why oh. it won this certain award. Yeah. And I think it's fitting for you. I think we start at the bottom from screenplay, and I think it's fitting that you get to sure. talk about that. I, I, I yeah. think, you know, for successfully adapting what is a perfect original script turned into a perfect film, finding a way to honor the traditions, the themes, the sentiments of that movie while uh, forging entirely new territory, uh, new character dynamics, and being able to sustain a level of um, uh, drama, uh, genuine uh, uh, horror-driven tension, and comedy throughout uh, Dawn of the Dead's our screenplay one. Okay, what's next? Congratulations. Do we want to go to the actress? Yes. This yeah. is where we have Monahan. Yes. Yes. Does uh, want to speak to Monahan? Uh, I mean, I, I have not watched. Oh uh, yeah, while, I mean, yeah. Andy's <laughs> seen you've seen the movie most recently, Andy. I I can do it. M- Michelle Monahan uh, in um, uh, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. She is a real live wire performance. Um, that movie is, um, she is like in the, in the plot a lot in in a way where like, it can feel a little bit like she's like the one Mm. girl syndrome, but like the way that she makes the character come alive and like holds her own in those scenes and like insists upon herself in that movie, I think like is really one of its strengths. You know, I spoke earlier, that's a movie that really is like walking a line of like being... A, like a trash fire I feel like like truly like it could be the most awful shit like it, and toxic but it is not partially because like yes those performers and especially Monaghan is like so engaging and so locked in and so like uh, can't take your eyes off of her that she just has that energy that you have to keep on watching the whole time through okay Colin do you want to talk about your 13 boys oh yeah I mean look uh, I similar Wait, to like do, do you have the list to run them down I can would yeah, be that yeah. th- um I love that we're doing this, by the way. This is my favorite part. Can I try to name all 13? (laughs) Please. Do you have the list, Cullen? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go for it. Damon, Affleck, Khan, Mm -hmm. Mac, Cheadle, Eddie Jameson, Carl Reiner, Elliot Gould. Mm -hmm. His name is... Xiao Buquin? Uh, It's... Yeah, yeah. I, I have no idea if I'm pronouncing that correctly. I think it might be like uh, Shin is the pronunciation of the last name, but I could and be then, wrong as well. I feel like this is where you get in tricky territory of who exactly they're counting as the 13. Some combination of Eddie Izzard, Vincent Cassell, and Bob Einstein, right? Right. Yeah. Or, or Andy, or Gar- Andy Gar- Garcia. That's the other Andy problem. Garcia, I guess Andy Garcia gets right. brought in. Pacino. Yeah. <laughs> It's Ocean's Thirteen, but it's like fifteen guys are giving yeah, it to. Yeah. yeah. Well, Cassell is yeah, like not on mi- your team ever. And but no, like, that part. Yeah. I mean, like, if you are. Yeah. In my mind, it's Garcia because he's the person who. Like, yeah. Well, let's say the best actor goes to the original eleven. Garcia. The eleven. And let's yeah. be generous and also throw in Pacino, Cassell, and Eddie Izzard. Izzard Einstein. They, they they get a smaller. Eddie Izzard's award. good. Yeah. Is, yeah. Bob Einstein also. Um. Yeah, I mean, look, uh, similar to how I watched the prequels and the first two of the Matrix movies, I was like, 
do I just want to watch Ocean's 13 or do I want to watch all three in like the span of three days? And I did it and it was like such a blast. You know, we talked about their movie star persona in the first one and or in all three rather. And it's just a thing of like these guys that like you think like, uh, you know, Clooney and Damon, they work together a lot. Like uh, Pitt is like sort of the wild card of those three. And it's like Anne Affleck will be in there. But this like combination of these sort of disparate people in terms of like uh, their movie star career to work so well, like mesh together, like I've nothing I've ever seen before in all three of these movies. And like, you can sort of call the tone into question. Like people don't like the second movie uh, because it's like, you know, people will say that it's like quote unquote bad on purpose or whatever, which I feel like is a lazy argument. Uh, that movie is just is, Magnificent, and then people don't like this one because it's very much a retread of the first one. But it, what the thing is, it's like these guys are just so yeah. good; they're in their characters that it just works. Like you have the scene of like Clooney and Pitt watching Oprah and, and like crying. The motor of you the have entire like, franchise, like regardless of how you rank those exactly. three movies, the motor of this trilogy of blockbuster films is how much do you love watching movie stars on screen? And that makes it a, an anomaly, yeah, I mean, not just right. in the current sphere, but also I feel yeah. like in cinema history, because the only other examples of like big ensemble movie star driven things like that do not then get two sequels, you know? Exactly. Yeah. And, and, and yeah. it's so based on collaboration and then, chemistry I, I, between all these people. Yeah, and I was gonna say this like, counter to some of the arguments we made before about other movies this is maybe the one of the three to give it to them because the other two have like yeah. Soderbergh doing right. stuff yeah. and finding stuff and this one is the one clearly where Soderbergh is the most checked out so you're he backs up and is like I get it you guys didn't like 12 I'm just gonna give you the boys right. give you the juice yeah I mean and you can sum it all up it's just guys being dudes and what's better unfortunately than that. we have no choice I mean, but to stand I, I hate to say it yes sure I don't endorse yes that message, but I, I think mean all the boys in Ocean's White Boy Magic. It's a perfect example of White Boy Magic, and like Cheadle doing British accent that like gets less and less cartoonish as the yeah. series goes right. on. It's just it's and then stuff. him bursting in in the like motorcycle oh, outfit. It's the oh best. <laughs> it's so good. And you also have David Paymer as like the oh the hotel VP? critic that oh, gets Pamer's like. Oh, uh... getting. I'm sorry, Paymer's also included in our sixteen now. <laughs> Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Yes. <laughs> All what right. Yes. What's the next one? <laughs> Do we want to go to director or a jury? Probably. Jury. Yeah, jury, which is up, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I will speak. Oh, really? I will speak to that. Uh, mm-hmm. Yes, I. Yes, I think up is. Yeah, I, I. I mentioned it before. It's a truly gorgeous movie. The color, the way the colors, the way the environments, like lure you in are are so are so beguiling um the 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 central metaphor i think of like grief and family uh is you know it's very present and i think it is like fairly understandable to a child but it is also not overbearing um you know i i once had the experience of watching the movie with a group of people and like the moment when carl is like tossing all the stuff out of his house to get it to fly again i was like yeah guys he has to like let go of his like past to like embrace his future or whatever and they were like oh i never got that before like like i feel like it has a light touch with that stuff where like it works as like adventure plot 
but also as thematic stuff. And like I said earlier, it's like a little bit of a messier Pixar movie that plays around with a lot of different elements. It's one of Pixar's funniest movies, I think. Doug and Alltimer winning the palm, winning with all the other dogs, the palm dog. Um, uh, you know, you you. There's no world where Squirrel is not a great punchline now. Uh, and yeah, I think it's just and and like I said, also Giacchino's best score. I think uh, it's just so uplifting. I can hear the theme now and like start to get I, emotional. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry, and, I just had a thought. I I'd like to make a, a mild uh, change. Can I vote for because remind go. me of how good Doug is on his own that I feel like we're selling him a little short by making him split the award. Can Doug get the palm sure. dog and then the runner up is all the other dogs? Sure. I just I think, think more than something, enough. especially having just talked about oceans. I think more than something like that where it's like it's the chemistry of all of them. Doug deserves a little credit for just his performance. Right. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. One of and the, I mean for absolutely. that selfless love absolutely. that he's like ready to give, like right off the bat. One of the other dogs, like the voice sounded familiar. I was like, Del Who Roy is this? I looked up. Delroy Lindo. Insane. That's crazy. Yeah. Um yeah. I yeah, I think it's a tremendous movie, uh, and I, it's well worth a rewatch if you haven't seen it in a while, as I hadn't. Is this where we do director? Yeah. I think so. I will see to uh Griffin No, I think you talk talked to Palma. To Palma. I mean, look, it's the movie that sort of surprised me the most and how much I love it. Andy sort of evoked, uh, is it, you know, Brian De Palma's best movie? I am underseen on De Palma. It would be, like, up there, like, tied with, like, Carlito's Wait For Me at, like, number one, maybe. The Mission Impossible movie I love a lot. Um, it's, and, you know, I say I'm underseen. It's a movie, technically a Disney movie, right? Because it's based on one of their rides or, it's, like, a, yeah. an attraction? Uh, vaguely. Uh, it's it's a weird, yeah, kind of. That was, like, the yeah. impetus, at least. Well, yeah. Right? And then it sort of right. went uh, in a different direction. But it is such, like, an emotionally earnest movie that is, like, not really De Palma speed from what I've seen. And it is, like, truly beautiful. Uh, we talked a little bit about, like, how these movies play now versus how they play then. Like, watching this, like, after being very into, like, the run of space movies of, like, the 2010s of, like, uh, Ad Astra, which is, like, a similarly emotional movie, uh, you know, Interstellar, First Man. I feel like this does all that stuff in a very similar way that is, like, equally heartbreaking. Like, the stuff with Sinise and his wife when he watches back the yeah. video and you have, you know, the De Palma touch of the split diopter shot. It's like beautiful. And there's just these light touches that I had not seen from De Palma before and was just so, so into. And, you know, we talked a little bit, I think off mic about, he's very much riffing on uh, Kubrick where he's got like the spinning set and they have, you know, the end sequence is very like similar to the star child sequence and it's audacity in a way. But it's just, you know, something I'd never seen from De Palma before. And in the world where we don't give it the palm, it is, I'm more than happy giving it to De Palma as his, like, directorial vision. Because I don't believe it's one of his uh, screenplays. No, I think it was Emilia's Letterboxd review was the screenwriters. It was, like, Graham Yost and someone else. Oh, Jim and John Thomas. Very well said. Emilio, here is your moment (laughs) to make the case. Matrix Reloaded, which you were saying is your favorite Wachowskis, a take so blistering it disconnected your internet. Yeah. I mean, it's like 
it's like very weird to compare it and Speed Racer, which are I think the two best because they're very different things. But let me just talk about Reloaded. I think I I I think my letterbox review was something around like I I found it sort of confusing. Like I can get what I can understand why people didn't get it at the time. I think it's certainly philosophically very dense. It's doing a lot of things with storytelling convention that are like confusing and different than movies like don't usually do and i really respect and like those elements but even at the base level it has keanu reeves carrie ann moss monica bellucci like Lawrence fishburne it has like five of the most attractive people on the on the <laughs> planet there's there are like eight kung fu fights the highway chase rules at one point Lawrence fishburne is standing at the back of a semi with a samurai sword and as I said before, it's sort of, I find it sort of like a weirdly, like, potent story about, like, especially, like, the architect scene, which I think we all agree is the best part of the movie, and it's, like, sort of a, an audacious thing, of, like, a, sort of, a, a very interesting take on, like, how revolutionary movements get, like, capped by the people who are, like, who are, like, being revolutionized against in a sort of way, and how, like, the ways in which we are used to fighting and just relying on one person to, like, be the person who's going to save us, like, that's going to fail in the end, and we need to, like, find a different and other ways to work, and, like, these systems of belief that we have, we sort of need to break those chains, because we, if we not, we're just sort of doomed to repeat the same, the some, like, systems that we've been living for our past, and I think it's, like, just in terms of philosophy, I think it's the Wachowski movie I, like, buy with the most, and in, in which it's, like, it's sort of like a de- deconstruction of like the one true man who's going to save us is sort of being like well neo it's like starts with like wow neo is just superman he's flying across the earth and then it ends with him like sort of using those powers to doom humanity by making what sort of the wrong choice and i think that's like a very interesting story obviously like whatever happened in the revolution might color my take on mm-hmm. the story of it but i think like as its own piece I find it an incredibly watch watchable and compelling movie and I'm like I think a part of my Wachowski's take is that like I don't really it's like Matrix the first one doesn't really do it like I, I find it compelling but it doesn't oh, really wow. do a lot for me so does uh, Jupiter Jupiter Ascending which is the other one I've watched by them it's also, also a movie which I like a movie I, I want to make out with them, but so I'm sort of not into <laughs> but Reloaded is wow. the movie okay. I want to make out with I want to I want to like yeah, the Merovingian, get right in there. Oh, the Merovingian yeah. is cool. <laughs> he is not. Uh, I will. Seraph, and also Seraph is a login screen, and also the coolest. Okay, can I make my stump speech for uh, drag me to hell? Uh, before, yes. I just would like to say one thing about Matrix Reloaded, if I may, mm-hmm. that it is a movie I really liked a lot. I uh, want to co-sign everything Emilio said, and I think what worked for me best about it is like right after watching the Matrix, which like just full stop rules. It's just a cool, like, you can take it at face value as just, like, a very cool action, like, sci-fi movie. And I think what Matrix Reloaded does is blend that and their sort of audacious, earnest, corny in a way, late period career of, like, Speed Racer and Cloud Atlas and puts them together in, like, a near-perfect movie for me. Uh, but yes, yep. drag me to hell. Go, go, go. Also, it also has Dr. Cornell <laughs> West in it, which is, like, in this time we need uh, more of him. Apologies for my recording getting progressively worse and worse as this episode's gone on, as construction has started and my memory card fills up, and now I'm going to make the most important speech in the history of podcasting. This is an angle in which I feel like for as much as Drag Me to Hell had the circuitous surprise 
journey to ending up with the top prize, there is an angle to which I think this film has to be viewed that we have not discussed at all, which is this film for me is this incredible rebuke to the notion that I, I think by and large, I'm not just saying this is a, a, a sentiment. I think this is often true. Directors cannot go home again. That we have seen very many times that when mm. directors get inflated to a certain scale, when they have their big breakthrough, it is very hard for them to go back and scale down to a smaller movie, to make the films of a more naive filmmaker, to go back to their earlier sort of scrappier genre work after they've gotten the crossover success or the prestige or whatever it is. And I think even compared to something like Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, which is in this grouping of films, and Spielberg has said he really tried to like devolve himself 20 years i mean when he was doing interviews for the movie he was mm -hmm. like i had to try to make an indiana jones movie by someone who hadn't made schindler's list but that movie feels like to some degree him doing an impression of himself you know you look at uh peter jackson you look at a lot of these people who like start out scrappy become humongous and can never make the smaller film again or never go back to their roots and as much as he has not uh, repeated it since and has made very few films since. I remember being really stunned by the fact that Sam Raimi, after doing three Spider-Man movies in a row that got progressively bigger and bigger, the third of which was at the time far and away the most expensive movie ever made, he buckled down and made a tiny little really nasty horror movie and just kind of schooled the younger generation like just said like, you know, thank you for holding my beer. I'm gonna take it back now and chug it in front of your eyes and then give you the fucking empty glass and walk away. Um, and I think it is just kind of like a perfect statement from a guy who like, you know, Evil Dead is one of the, the great horror franchises and for him to be able to come back to that territory and not be speaking down to it, not feel like he's pointedly surrendering some of his knowledge that he's gained in the years since, but actually implying, applying a greater toolbox to where his heart, I think, truly lies at the end of the day, which is making people squirm and laugh uncomfortably. Yeah. Yeah, and it's like sort of interesting to think about, like, you, Colin talked about Reloaded being the, like, the a combination of two different modes of Wachowski's coming together and it's like Drag Me to Hell is sort of like the like nastiness and goofiness and fun of Evil Dead mixed with like the just, like empathy empathy for like this downtrodden person yeah. that his Spider-Man movies are and it's like and it's sort of it's very admiring to watch it and it's very fun to yeah. watch and I think like as far as like tight like entertainment packages go uh, in this group of movies like it's like barely over 90 minutes i think and it like mm -hmm. really like someone gets dragged to hell Look, in that pushes like, it over the edge of the for me. like it, it delivers it, it sells on you what, it promises. what it, it's like, saying it, on the bottle yeah. yeah yeah and it's like yeah it's it's it is it lives up to yeah. the name drag me to hell like and then some like it's and such I, a such a blast of a movie i could be misremembering it is the only movie i think with a talking yeah goat. absolutely and now i feel uh twice as confident about that being our winner yeah <laughs> well you know is that it so. have we done it i think we've done it folks uh, what a lineup we didn't really do a stump speech for george lucas i feel like we covered we that covered territory. It, yeah um, right. 
We yeah, we really got into it. I uh, mean, yeah. le- le- you have thirty podcasts to listen to. Exactly, Griffin Griffin about George it's Pierce. out there. <laughs> yeah, maybe yeah, and you know, and also maybe you, you know, I know you're not on it, but I'm George a big Lucas fan. Show, I'm a big fan. I, I right, yeah, yeah I'm sure. Mm-hmm. I hope maybe yeah, maybe he uh, he's he's making a lot of innovative. Uh, yeah, he's revolutionizing so. the space. Watch uh, he, the George Lucas talk show on Plantscum Live every uh, Sunday. And uh, episodes are available later on YouTube. It's just a show that I like a lot as a fan. And certainly if you're interested in yeah. hearing George Lucas uh, explain himself. You've called in a couple of times. I have. I have. Uh, as, yeah. But, uh, but yeah. we've just heard your voice. Uh, so, um, like, as, like, you watch it as a fan, like mm. an empathetic viewer, when you see Watto have to throw out food from his apartment onto the street does yeah that just, like, and break i think your it's heart? reckless and actually I- irresponsible <laughs> socially yeah yes. you're like watching the chat and you see tom sharpling start typing do you just start Absolutely. sweating for him i can't even imagine how bad that guy feels <laughs> yeah i know yeah <laughs> at the beck and call of a madman um Great. Is the, uh, I mean, with that, should we re- start plugging? Yeah. Anything, anything else? else you'd like to plug, Griffin? Um, sure. To listen to Blank Check. Uh, yes, of course. Start, I, uh, I'd like to plug taking naps. Uh, they're great, and they're the only thing that are getting me through mm-hmm. this uh, pandemic. Great. You guys are uh, wrapping up uh, Blythewood right now. Or yeah. Blythewood right I mean, now? I don't know when this episode's coming out, but we'll probably be be starting Zemeckis right around the corner, uh, which will be fun. It's already been fun. Yeah to do we, we're just at the beginning of it but man those early Zemeckis movies are uh, good that guy hit the ground running nice yeah. excited so to hear and then on Patreon you guys are wrapping up Mission Impossible yes. as well right yes uh, got way of the uh, yeah and then our, our next franchise will be announced at the end of uh, Rogue or Fallout rather uh, which I think people will be happy with mm-hmm we almost had the scoop. <laughs> Excited to hear it, yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Jesse? Je- Jesse. Yeah. You can follow us on Twitter at Can I Kick It. You can follow us on Letterboxd at C-I-K-I Pod. You can follow me in both of those places at J.P. Glick Weber. And uh, continuing my pattern of... Uh, plugging a uh, performance from Fish's Baker's Dozen run. I'm going to go ahead and plug, I believe, the longest track from that performance in which uh, Lawn Boy, a normally three-minute song, is taken to 35 minutes for I the can't first believe time. they this aren't all so tied at longest. Jesse, I say this with all due respect. You should be deplatformed. <laughs> we Just have to put up with this every week. It's a different fish track. I don't understand. <laughs> Right, um, Andy. <laughs> yes, I, I I'm Andy Gramuga. That's me. You can find me online at Andy T Germ on Twitter, Letterbox, and other social media platforms that you wish to find me on. Uh, for a plug this week, I I'm not just watching old Cheers. I'm also making my way through Deadwood right now, and Deadwood's very good. So if you haven't heard Deadwood's good, check it out. Colin. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Clatchley on Twitter, Letterbox, everything. C L A T C H L E Y, and I will also plug uh, something that didn't make it through in the uh, previous weeks David Chase's Not Fade Away wow. a true uh, wow. unsung masterpiece Emilio 
<laughs> you can follow me on Twitter at I'm Laugh Alone. You can follow me on Letterbox at I Laugh Alone. Uh, the, we, uh, our theme song is by Tree Related. You can check him out at soundbound.com slash tree related. It's a great theme song. He makes great music. Check him out. I have to plug nothing because that's for oh, Wow. <laughs> <laughs> All right, then. With that, I will go ahead and release our audience. Bye-bye. Bye.